Okay, I admit it. For 20 years, I've been secretly wanting Ben Riley to return. And in 2017 and 2016, I got a story that brought about a return. Now, did I enjoy it? Did I not enjoy it? What did my fellow co-hosts think about this story? That and more to be answered this episode. Episode 62 is called simply Clone Conspiracy. Whoa, I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? Clones. I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair and changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Welcome back, Cloneheads, to another edition of Clone Saga Chronicles. We're going to 2016-2017 this time. Yes, it's finally here. We're covering The Clone Conspiracy. As always, we're powered by Spidey-Dude.com. If you want to be, if you want to leave your questions or comments, go to Spidey-Dude.com, Facebook uh, page, or... Leave us a line, 818-925-6631. Of course, I don't always do this alone. I usually I have is the co-founder of Spidey-Dude.com's Clone Saga Chronicles, Mr. Joshua Lavin-Bertoni. Ever since I got those new fingernails from New You, I feel better than ever. <laughs> We've got the host of Mayday Mondays, Mr. Gerard Delatour II. I totally thought you were going to go for the I felt 100 years old joke. That used to begin every, uh, was it, ASM Classics? Yeah, hey, that only began like six classics episodes. <laughs> and then speaking of Ama- Amazing Spider-Man classics, we have the other co-host of that show was Donovan Morgan Grant. Hi, guys. And the other host of our other show on the, Sp- on the Spidey Radio Network is Greg Bashansky, Spectacular Radio's host. This podcast is going to make me want to desecrate a corpse. And since it's all about desecrating corpses, that's a non-topic comment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we get too far down the rabbit hole, we wanted to kind of mention that uh, Marvel has backtracked. Yes, Marvel has backtracked on the ridiculously horrible-looking costume that came out. <laughs> but they out. said it was the plan all along. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Peter David and company have released a new image for uh, Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider. I guess this could be issue number five, I think. Uh, which is basically the same cover, just redrawn to include the classic Scarlet Spider costume. Wait, really? I thought it was a variant for the first issue. It may be a variant, but I think that they're they're 
doing the. I don't. They know. said that it'll be an organic choice by the end of the arc. That he'll yeah, they commented on it. Original cost. Oh. Yeah. So they have. <laughs> a lot of people thought they backtracked, but who knows? We'll see. Um, guys, quick thoughts on that. <laughs> I, it has the vague whiff of bull. Ah, <laughs> chew. Sorry, I'm allergic. <laughs> yeah. Why would they? Well, and also, they're the announcing point? this before the first issue is even out. Yeah, this. Yeah. Even this if is... this was the plan all along, they can't pretend that this announcement was not like some sort of a reaction to the initial reaction, because otherwise they would have left that. They would have waited till the first issue was out, or they would have waited for that like iconic moment when he like dons the original costume again or something. <laughs> this felt very weird. This was very poorly mismanaged from the be- from the beginning. I I, I I think they really weren't. Well, it's spoilers. We're not talking about the issues yet individually. We can't go all, go all the way yeah. to the ending of the whole summary. Yeah. So anyway, we'll we'll, we'll talk <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about more of how this series is set up with this, the end of this episode, but I kind of wanted to get everybody's brief thoughts. Greg, what are your thoughts? Hoodies are slackerware. I'm kidding. I'm just glad that they're doing this. If we have to do, have it at all. <laughs> I'm just curious how organic this organic explanation is going to be. Because we'll, we'll know by how heavy-handed it is, although Peter David at least has enough talent that he can pull it off, even if it was just a last-minute change. Well, well it's... Well, the or- the organicness of it is so authentic, you can find it at Whole Foods, which means it's crap. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder, uh, you know, a brief comment on the end. I'm wondering, like, if in the story, like, when he goes back to his original costume, it's because he's, like, quote-unquote, redeemed, and that's the story point? Maybe they'll try to pull that. If that only takes four issues, I'm really going to want to see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we'll that only, be covering it on the show. I love that. I love that original costume, but to me, it's it's representative of that era. I would rather have him wearing something new, but not that costume that he was. Not like the colored swapped like Spider Gwen costume, though. Yes, I agree, I agree with Josh completely on this one. He needed a new costume that maybe harken back to the hoodie costume right. without being identical. Maybe they could have like like darkened the colors a bit, but um. Uh, I, I kind of see what you're saying, but um, I don't know. I, I think I still like it. And by the way, have you all seen the prototype costume for uh, Spider-Man Homecoming? Yes. Oh, yeah, with, with drawn by Todd Knock. Yeah, drawn by Todd Knock. It looks almost exactly like a inverse version of the classic Ben Riley Scarlet Spider costume. Yeah, I've seen the action figure. I haven't seen the art of it yet. Tom Holland is a clone. <laughs> He's a clone of Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna. They're, this is the story that they're gonna adapt for like the very first Spider-Man movie of this new series. <laughs> Michael Keaton is, is Miles Warren the entire time. <laughs> and, so, oh, and, awesome. since, and since Tony McGuire is aging terribly, you can bring him back and have him play Spider Side. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's aging terribly because he's pulling his hair out, going through a divorce. Yeah, he is. <laughs> now, th- th- that th- all this being said, all um, the one positive thing is that Mark Bagley drawing the original Scarlet Rider costume. That- that's cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> He's the only one that can pull that off. I mean, I think this book could be good. I mean, I, it's obviously coming out of a very sh- crappy foundation, but it's Peter David, it's Mark Bagley. That's a great team right there. 
Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's like if anybody can salvage this this nonsense, it's Peter David and Mark Bagley. But it, they need to be on their A game. They, they, have, they did not leave me with like much hope after <laughs> I, I wanted to say that, but I was trying to hold it. Yeah. <laughs> to, uh, to the, all right. I didn't even so read it. Here it is. We're going to cover it. Clone conspiracy. <laughs> I'm going Grab to. <laughs> Zach was next to the microphone when he started that sentence, and he started like running away. <laughs> <laughs> Clone conspiracy. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna give some context because. For those of you that don't know, Gerard hasn't been reading the current volume, and God bless you, Gerard, because I've read the whole current volume, and it's been ass. Anyway, um... <laughs> many, many years ago, Dr. Octopus took over Peter Parker's body. While he was in that body, he started a company called Parker Industries. Peter got his body back, but kept Parker Industries, and made a deal with a company called New You to give people new body parts. And Jonah's like, hey, can you give some of those to my dad? And Peter's like, actually, I decided that my spider sense went up. I mean, uh, no reason, so I'm not giving it to your dad. And then he's like, actually, I will give it to your dad. It's too late. My dad's dead, and we're on our way to his funeral right now. Yo! And that's the beginning of Clone Conspiracy number one. <laughs> Take it away, folks. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What do you mean many, many, many years ago he switched bodies? That was like a 24, I, I, right? I was kind of doing a riff from, like, uh, the uh, My Own Grandpa song, like, many, many years ago when I was 23, <laughs> I was married to a widow who was pretty, yes, et cetera. Anyway, that's also, um, before he gave... Before and it was he, many years ago. It was the end of 2012. Before he seriously, yeah. oh my god, where's the time go? Uh, before he didn't give it to his dad, he gave it to one of his employees, which caused a lot of internal conflict between Peter and Jonah. So that's why Jonah is a complete dick in the beginning of the clone conspiracy number one. Do we need an excuse? He's J. Jonah Jameson. That's true. Right. All right. <laughs> By the way, Jonah's no longer mayor of New York, for those who haven't been reading, because he stepped down after he was blackmailed by Otto Octavius in Spider-Man's body. But after stepping down, he received a job offer from the Fact Channel, which is basically the Marvel Universe's version of Fox News. So now he's a talking head on a cable news right-wing show. I understand. <laughs> Remember a few uh, few episodes ago? When we got that, e- like, I can't remember if it was a Facebook message or an email from that one guy that complained that we that we talk too badly about modern comics and that we need to lighten up and or not talk about modern comics. If you're that guy, you might want to you might want to skip this episode. <laughs> you can enjoy an episode of, of a nice, calm, soothing podcast. You know, <laughs> if you're that guy, or if you agreed with that guy, just just stop listening because. <laughs> From here on out, this is going to get worse. This isn't going to go well for any of us. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, post uh, as Josh already alluded in his brief rundown slash recap slash sing song. So we open uh, up issue number one of Clone Conspiracies, written by Dan Slott. Jim Chung is the penciler. John Dell is the anchor. Justin Ponsor is co- is the color artist. VCs Joe Car- Cardamaga and Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel Caramaga. Caramaga. Scaramanga. Gabriel. Gabriel. Gabriel Delato is the uh, cover artist, and then you've got uh, also. Uh, uh, well, I'll mention the creative team for the second story. So part one is called Dead No More. Part one, Land of the Living. Uh, we open up with J. Jonah Jameson Senior's funeral. Everybody's looking real sad. Peter gets surrounded by a bunch of floating heads of guilt, tries to uh, pass his Aunt May off on Mary Jane while him and Jonah are arguing. 
Anna Maria Marconi comes to to play the role of Mary Jane, how she used to uh, be the person that Peter would deliver all the exposition to. Sure enough, uh, Peter then gives a recap of what was going on. We then go to Edmond, Oklahoma, which was at the home of a Parker Industries plant. Jerry is a is the employee of Peter's that uh, had they had new U work on him, and uh, he's not feeling well, and all of a sudden he's disappeared. So so he's he says he's going to bring Jerry home. So then him and Anna leave, and then there's somebody lurking in the shadows. Yes, there is. All right. Anyway, so yeah, this is definitely a t- a throwback to the '90s Clone Saga. Yeah. Right? All right. So then we have Peter starting to uh, going goes to the New Year headquarters in San Francisco, and he starts investigating. He's talking on his uh, his glorified iPhone Apple Watch to Anna Maria while she's webware. At, webware. Yeah. Uh, which is she's actually at Horizon University. Not Horizon Labs, it's Horizon University now. So, anyway, so... Were you mad? (laughs) He said that so reluctantly. That's like, whatever. Anyway, so then we see a bundle of nerves, a brain, and some eyes. And then, who walks in but Miles Vaughn? Not again. Yes. And then Peter immediately acts... In character, and it's like, Miles Ward, you sick, twisted son of a... You've got too far! Anyway, so, uh... Then, the Rhino and She-Electro show up as the muscle. And Rhino and, and She-Electro, who uh, killed Max Dillon in a lead-up to... Alright, slow down, because you gotta explain this to me. <laughs> Is she actually called She-Electro? And are you telling me that Mac, that uh, the actual Electro is now dead? She-Electro... No, she's not. No, he's not. I don't think he is. Electro was having sex with a hooker in one of the um, <laughs> in one of the Spider-Man pornography films. Was having sex with a hooker and he accidentally killed her. And um, when they Jesus were God. trying to, when they yeah, went to volume, and when Miles Warren went three. to clone said hooker um, because she was electrocuted when she died. Her DNA has electrocution powers. I'm not kidding. That's the explanation that they gave. Not even science will save us now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, I I remember it's like, oh, interesting. Because her cells were electrocuted when she died, now she has electric powers. Maybe magic magic can save us. Gandalf, you're on the hook. Anyway, so, like, Spidey starts questioning if, like, he, that Jackal cloned, uh, <laughs> cloned Max and dropped a chromosome or something, and then she explains who she is, and then so it, she's like, "Oh, you're new to the game? Here, here, right behind this wall. Boom. Here, here's some water. I'm gonna short you out. Uh, anyway, and anyway, so uh, we go to the we go into the room that says, "Do not enter." And he's like, "You're mine, Warren, and you're gonna be down." And then he's like, "Choice But yeah. I thought you were killed in Spider Island. No, Peter." It's me, Sarah Stacy. But I thought that you were working with Interpol after that horrible Sins Remembered storyline. No, Peter. It's me, Ultimate Gwen Stacy. But I thought that Secret Wars destroyed your universe and annihilated you. No, Peter. It's me, Jill Stacy. Why are you wearing that wig to disguise as your cousin? It's me, Gwenpool. Miles Morales told me all about you. I knew I'd run into you sooner or later. No, Peter. It's me. 
Spider Gwen, but why are you disguised as? <laughs> oh, actually, I, I am Spider Gwen, but well, you're not supposed to find that out for another few months. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so then uh, his spider sense going off, and he's like, "Too slow, you don't, Octavius." And he's like, "Yes, Peter, your greatest adversary has returned in triumph." That's how part one is. Josh must have loved that she's wearing that Gwen Stacy Halloween costume, too. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I hate that. Uh, I I posted at the time, like, the free comic book day issue where that, like, was a preview of this. Like, when she was in that Halloween costume, I was, like, raging then. (laughs) So speaking of that iconic story where she first donned that Halloween costume. Oh gosh, that's right. part two. This story had a backup that, like, revealed, like, the night when Stacy died from Gwen's point of view. I'm sorry, did you say revealed? I think you meant retcon the night Gwen Stacy died from her point of view. <laughs> Without mentioning since so, past uh, that we all. all. The night I died, the night I died was written by Dan Slott, drawn by Ron Friends, our pal, John I Delgadine. forgot about this. Edgar- <laughs> I'm not. Too. I'm not holding it against him, Zach. He's a freelancer. You gotta sometimes you, you gotta take yeah. the jobs to make some money. I, I will say this: I, I, I thought that the good. art was pretty cool. It like, looks it, good. It, yeah. it did a good job of uh, of like aping Gil Kane in some panels. Oh, he, because but he's then, a professional. He's not gonna have. To. Yeah. <laughs> Although it was weird because like in some panels she looked like Gil Kane Gwen Stacy, then in the other panels she looked like um. The you mean Gwen the original Stacey, issue? The Gwen Stacy imposter from a uh, uh, the Spider Girl like series at the, yes, that came at the end like what was her name uh like one riley or yeah. something yeah really ah. <laughs> oh, oh don you'd love it she was killed immediately <laughs> she really was <laughs> like the, uh, no literally the end of the issue they introduced her i think they killed her off. i think she wore the halloween costume too yep <laughs> did, she, did she fall off a bridge into a refrigerator no, no, she, no, she was brutally eviscerated so, by Mayday's clone. Uh, anyway, this story Yikes. basically tells the entire Gwen, night when Stacy died from her point of view, where she actually finds out that Peter Parker's Spider-Man, but she doesn't say anything because she's immobilized, and she has her own floating heads of guilt, and then she snaps. You mean her, you mean her neck snaps? Which, by the way, like, they had to, like, wreck, not retcon this story, but like, on a the lot story. of people were saying... Oh, a lot of people were saying, wow, Gwen died hating Peter, that's dark. So because of that reaction, they had to, like, add a footnote to this in, like, part four or whatever, where it's like, so you died hating me, Gwen. No, I didn't die hating you. I died feeling betrayed. But it says right here on this page, Peter, Peter, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is this is us apologizing for that. <laughs> now, look anyway, away, so uh, then we get her rebirth in a lab in San Francisco. And she sees yeah, her daddy. And, and you got Anubis Jackal, who's like, okay, so here's your, you know, normally I frown on cliff notes, but here it goes. You, long time ago, you, Green, Green Goblin killed you, or possibly it was Spider-Man's ineptitude. <laughs> Six of one, half <laughs> Or possibly Spider-Man's ineptitude. What a way to put that. <laughs> and now we know that it's Ben Riley saying this, like, at the time. No, no spoilers! You're supposed to wait until later to say that. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so he's like, now here comes the good part. Earlier while attending science class at Empire State University, you gave a blood sample to your amazingly talented college professor, Dr. Miles Warren. I hear he has 20 girlfriends. (laughs) She's like, oh, so you're saying I'm a clone. She's about to, like, stab herself, right? She's like, oh, no, you're you're very real. I I thought she was going to stab him. Yeah. Reanimation, not a grown, not grown from an old blood sample from when you were still alive. Your DNA was harvested from your remains with memories that span all the way to your death. I bet you can can remember it. 
can't you? The exact moment she's like, yes. And he's like, so take that pill, take it and live, take it, and your second life will go poof. So uh, then he introduces. Then he starts showing around the lab, and all of a sudden you see uh, you see Captain George Stacy without his tobacco pipe and, uh, <laughs> and, and Kane. Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We, we we see Kane in part two of this story. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, or, or his walking cane, so he doesn't have to. You know, doesn't have. He's he's like completely fully healed. She takes the pill for the first time, and then we see the little smile on the face of Anubis Jackal. And anyway, so that was the first issue of Clone Conspiracy: Dead No More. We then jump to Amazing Spider-Man number twenty. And <laughs> you didn't want to discuss this. Why are you bringing it up? <laughs> so how did Octopus, you know, oh, go yeah, yeah. from being a, a computer okay. so program? ASM, uh, right, 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 right. ASMP, uh, basically, ASM20 is literally a glorified exposition issue of how Dr. Otto Octavius went from being the living brain to getting to new you to then... <laughs> Uh, fighting with Peter in New You. So that's basically the issue. I wasn't going to talk. Uh, th- uh, that's very basic, and I probably went longer on the recap of issue one than I wanted to. But yeah, that is more or less what happened in issue twenty of Amazing Spider-Man. So then we go now to Clone Conspiracy number two. The recap will be done by Donovan Morgan Grant. Don. Start your, stop, start your stopwatches. Uh, after a scene with Kane, we see uh, Spider-Man captured by – not captured, but like basically held up by Dr. Octopus's tentacles for nah. And he's saying, no, it can't be. You're obviously a clone, Gwen, and also Dr. Octopus too. And basically, Dr. Octopus, you fool. I know You know that I'm the original one because I know that you're Dr. Parker. And um, uh, after Peter tries and fails to whip him up, he sees uh, Anubis Jackal. And his snazzy red suit show up and says, "Hey, don't kill him. You know, you know, we're, our my security team here apologizes for uh, their lack of tact in trying to uh, stop you." And we see like you know Miles Warren and Rhino and Miles Warren and uh, Electro and probably another Miles Warren. Um, and he says, "I want to show you something." You know, have, and Gwen escorts him to this room where we see all of these like uh, previously dead uh, villains, and I do want to name them just very quickly one by one. Um, we see, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, I don't know his name. I can't. I can't see your brain. <laughs> I, I, I love. Him. He's like, I'm gonna name all of them. He just forgets the first one. <laughs> well, he, he's dressed in a stupid costume. Alistair Smythe. Was it the silver? Yeah, it was Alistair Smythe when he was like, he called himself like the Silver Spider Slayer or something like that. Something or the like Steel that. Spider or something. So or... Alistair Smythe. Um, That's called Kingpin's boyfriend. Uh-huh. Well, Kingpin's seeing, seeing new people now, so you know he's not down, tied down to one person. Uh, so we see, okay, Alistair Smythe, Jack O'Lantern, probably Jason McIndale. Um, still, no, that's not still, man. Who's the, who's the guy next to Goblin? Oh, the guy in the yellow? I think that's uh, Lightman? Or is that Mirage? <laughs> I, I, I don't have the book in front of me. I, I do remember that we saw Mirage in this uh, thing, okay. though. Mirage, uh, the big man for some reason, Massacre, the Tarantula. Wolfman? Who the hell is that? Anyway, Montana. Oh, oh that's one of the Shocker. Lobo brothers. You can't oh, escape me. One, um, uh, one of the Lobo brothers that died in the 80s, I believe. 
Yeah, that definitely is Mirage. Remember the one like Glory Grant's uh, off again, off again boyfriend. These are some of the most useless villains that he's. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, he's like, yes, Peter, your greatest failures, like the lo- like that one Lobo brother. Oh man, the Bart Hamilton Green Goblin. Thinking about him, but and this, your but favorite this is, Goblin, Jason Mackendale. Wait, what? And Mirage. Wait, he died. What? <laughs> yes, Peter. What makes that really confusing is that the, in the Scarlet Spider, they brought back the other Lobo brother and a previously unmentioned sister, and they're both killed. The story, right, Zach? So, yeah. so why would so why would he clone one of the Lobos and not the other ones? This is a jerk. Because <laughs> he's Danny a jerk. Burkhart, I guess. Um, I don't know who the guy in the who the guy next to Kangaroo is. Um. Um. Yeah. That's not Chance, is it? Who the hell is that? That could be Chance. Did Chance die? And wasn't he green? Uh, also, yeah. also, the rose. Um, go on, slot. Go all the way. Put the head of which, the light which, which Hobgoblin are we saying this is again? I think it's either they, Daniel they, they Burkhart. They never say. I think it's da- either Daniel Burkhart or it may be Lefty Donovan. What's the Daniel Burkhart? Uh, uh, Why would he uh, call him Lefty Donovan? You know, I th- I half thought maybe this was a screw up, and that's supposed to be Ned Leeds. But we, yeah, but but then you see Ned Leeds like not it's wearing McIndale. a Hobgoblin outfit later. Macandale. Macandale is also Jack O'Lantern. Was there more but, than Well, there was. There is. There is. Mad Jack. <laughs> he cloned Macandale Mac- twice. He put no, one of the clones uh, in a Hobgoblin outfit, and the other one in a Jack O'Lantern outfit. Daniel, you could. You could Daniel, argue that that's Mad Jack. Daniel Kingsley. No, no, McGuire Beck. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> this is literally like 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 the, like the third version of the Legion of Losers. I mean, look at these guys. <laughs> it wasn't Daniel Kingsley a Hobgoblin technically before he died. Daniel Kingsley for like five seconds. Yeah. It, well, and he's not evil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? Neither neither is Ben Riley, and this story doesn't fucking care. Yeah. So um, so that happens. Peter sees the lizard again with his family. And like they're they're acting so like 1950s ah you know like like to, I'll tell Billy you said hi I need to work later Martha if I don't make it home for dinner make sure Billy eats his vegetables <laughs> yeah, or I'll eat him oh yes I will seriously I did before <laughs> I'm so confused you just skip like 20 pages probably um, yeah yeah because you, you you completely glossed over you know Gene DeWolf the Ultimate version showing up Prowler showing up Doctor Kaprafa Kafka Showing up. That's right. Uh, I should I should make because he's like like Prowler, you died. I did, but now I'm cloned along with your best friends, George Stacy, Gene DeWolf, and various other characters that like. You know, Ashley Kafka's there, and in, uh, there's a scene with Jonah and and his uh, Marla, and they say, "Who is Jonah talking to in the behind the glass?" It's it's Maddie Franklin. Yeah, it's um, bla- blatantly just from the silhouette. <laughs> I didn't even read Silk, and I'm like, "Oh, it's Maddie Franklin." Yes, yeah, um, and, and 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 Spider-Man rightfully says this is the sickest thing I've ever seen, <laughs> um, and I concur. But uh, George says he's say, "Well, they, they maintain their lives by uh, taking these pills, and then there's new this new formula." Uh, but right now they're on my chemical leash, and while uh, Jackal is kind of monologuing, George says pulls out his gun. You know, like George Stacy always does, and says, "You're not my daughter." And, you're um, not my father. You're not my father. You're not my father. Graydon <laughs> Creed Senior. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Spider Gwen's Gwen's sense goes off, and she starts making uh, Tom McFarlane poses and says, "Fine, I'm not your dead daughter. I'm her spider power doppelganger from another dimension." 
Because this is what it's come down to. Can I raise my hand? And if ask you have questions? not been reading Spider-Man in five years, this has got to be like a really confusing like thing. <laughs> I told you it was. That's why I needed that recap. Can I ask a question to you guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not like up on this. Okay, so Gwen Stacy was like what 1920 when she died. Yeah. Uh, isn't G- Spider Gwen more like in the 16 year old range? How did finally she- gave her age um, in that Miles Morales crossover that's going on right now because like we knew that she finished high school, but it was like a vague age, and because people were like she and Miles are too like of uh, different ages to be together. I think they said that like Gwen was 18 or 19 or something. I don't yes. remember, but they gave they gave the age difference between Gwen and Miles in that crossover, and Gwen's she like, was younger than we initially thought. But either way, this whole thing about how like you know they're different ages, it they're not that different ages. <laughs> they're very close in age. Well, I'm, I was thinking if the difference between like 16 and 20, then yeah, it wouldn't work. But I guess if you're saying she's like 18 ish, then yeah, that's fine. Yeah, she's 18 yeah, I, or 19. I, I, I don't for... remember. Also, also, uh, isn't the whole point of having her and Miles Morales date? Wouldn't you want to make her younger to avoid the problem? Yeah, because he's like 14, 15. Why, why would they? Yeah, why would they make her older? That doesn't make any sense. Also, the age of consent. Well, but they already consent. had to establish that she was um like. They already established this. They're not having sex. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Lord. Oh no. Uh, Look, if you're gonna stuff two characters in a crossover so their books don't get canceled, you gotta cross all of the, the T's and dot all the I's, right? <laughs> oh, they're crossing T's and dotting I's. If you know what I'm saying. Actually, they haven't really done anything yet in that cross. They're just like looking for Miles' dad. Yeah, who, who just you know? So after George Stacy tries to shoot someone who looks just like his daughter because that's in character, Spider Man and Spider Gwen escape, and she says that she has a friend that that's helping her out. We cut to Kane meeting with Horizon University, giving pills, and he kidnapped real he kidnapped real fake Gwen Stacy and webbed her in the back of a trunk <laughs> because he's a hero. Um, and uh, the, <laughs> to, to his credit, Max Motel is like, "This is disgusting." Right. <laughs> He's like, and I'm not comfortable with this. And the issue ends with with Kane saying that um he uh Anna Maria Marconi uh, is asking why didn't you I know you're the clone why didn't you ask Peter for help and he says because I know what's going to happen Peter Parker is going to destroy the world and I believe it the reader says not really and that's the end of that issue. Well, you, he holds up a newspaper from another dimension showing uh Peter Parker on like the cover and it says Parker Industries a new you usher in a new tomorrow. Because that's like the tease, because I guess he, he brought it from another dimension. Well, that's, yeah, that, that's not in threatening in and of itself. It says, look at this picture where he says, yeah, he says this piece is going to destroy the planet. And she says, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he, it says that they squint. brought about a new age of prosperity. Exactly. And if you squint really carefully looking at that photograph, you could see uh, Marty's brother and sister slowly fading out. Marty! <laughs> we have to go back! <laughs> To the future! It's your kids! Anyway. Something's wrong with your kids! Are you, Kane? I've got something for you. A letter. My calculations are right. You're reading. Marty! 1885! My calculations are right. alive! She's in the Old West, but she's alive! <laughs> Alright. Anyway, so Gerard has the recap for ASM 21. And, and. Gerard? <clears throat> this is going to be very, very brief because. Uh, there's a pattern going on here where the clone conspiracy book is where all the action's happening, and then uh, because Slot is a terrible writer, what they do is they offload all of the backstory exposition to the amazing issues. Well, 21, 
is just clinging to where he is at the point of the story. It's like if you want to skip ASM and just read Clunkacy, you wouldn't miss anything because the beginning of the next Clone Conspiracy and the end of the previous one like di- connect directly. It, it's like really yeah. weird. I mean, when I say they offloaded the exposition, I mean that literally. Like they just took whatever. These would have been pages in Clone Conspiracy that would have been largely superfluous. So they just expanded them into stories in and of themselves to take up space. The the one problem being that they don't quite line up properly because because Slot didn't actually write these himself. He had Christos Gage co-writing. All right, so ASM 21, written by Dan Slot and Christos Gage. Uh, Giuseppe Camincoli did the art, did the penciling, which shocked me. I, my God, he's still working on ASM, which he which he was when I stopped reading it like six years ago. Uh, Cam Smith and Roberto Poggi are the inkers, and Jason Keith is the colorist. So basically, it goes through a whole thing about uh, starting from, what was it, like uh, Spider-Verse or whatever, which one, I don't even remember which yeah. crossover yeah. it was, where, where he died yet again for like the 50th time and got reborn out of whatever, I can't even figure out what the is going on anymore. So he talks to uh, whatever the hell that guy was, the uh, the Master Weaver. Yes. And uh, the Master Weaver goes on to explain to him that, uh, you know, he could possibly be contagious and all of these things because of, you know, carrying virus, blah, 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 blah. So the, the whole rest of the issue is basically him jumping around universes, figuring out what's going on with the whole carrying virus thing, whether or not he's contagious. And it explains how he ran into uh, Spider-Gwen in her universe or Oh no! When he was at uh, was it Loom World or whatever it is, there he runs into her, and then the yes. two, and then the two of them decide to team up to start working on this problem together. They have a fight with in one of the universes with another Kane who's actually wearing black costume, and then you know they have a fight with him. And, you know, yada yada yada. Science. They find out that Arcane is not contagious, which is a good thing. But they also figure out that you know there's disastrous consequences that do from you know one industry is bad. Two of them had to team up together, and you, it, it takes you up to the point where Sir Gwen has impersonated the Gwen Stacy clone and is going to, to enact a plan in action that we've seen in the last couple of issues of Clone Conspiracy. And is actually wearing a Gwen Stacy costume. <laughs> yes, the old, uh, the old headband, green trench coat, black, uh, tea, black shirt. I guess I had no sleeves, but you wouldn't know because she always wore the coat over and then a, a purple mini skirt with the go-go boots. It's like she knew that that's what her counterpart was wearing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true because in this issue you see them kidnap the clone Gwen Stacy while they're up in the vent, but she's already wearing the Halloween costume. And I feel bad. In, in Josh, fairness, feeling, they probably did some it, recon yeah. to like figure out what she was wearing, but of course, so. of course, you, you can always hand wave all this crap. Although. All right, I gotta make one. I gotta one thing about the Halloween costume. I don't mind the headband because the thing with the, I mean, she's a she's a blonde haired, blue eyed white girl. Okay, there's no distinguishing features there if you're an artist to work with. So, at least giving her a headband distinguishes her immediately. It's everything from the neck down that annoys me. <laughs> well, and she's always dressed like it's 1970s because you know people. <sighs> It's not that dated of a costume, though. I mean, I know yeah, you're going that, fashion, that fashion's kind of come back, Josh. Sad to say. It's not like she's like wearing like like um, bell bombs or something. Or <laughs> that outfit that she wore um, in the Flash Thompson Vietnam Shashan story. Oh my <laughs> god! <goodness. Yeah. laughs> the, 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 the one where it looks like she belongs at Woodstock and like Flash calls her Groovy Gwen. 
<laughs> yeah, the one where she yells at Aunt May and then immediately gets like backtracks. I think what's called. Yeah, I call that the best thing that Gwen has ever done, just scream at Aunt May that one time. <laughs> no, the best thing that Gwen ever did was Norman Osborn. Oh! <laughs> no, the best thing that Gwen ever did was... I don't know I don't know if the mic caught that or not. You broke your own neck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. And now wow, just, Gerard just uh, broke... <laughs> Gerard just, like, killed some random blonde girl, all for the sake of a podcast. <laughs> Long way to go for a joke. But. This joke is solely for Zach, but I'm going to finish this podcast with a broken freaking neck. No one else will get that reference, and I'm okay with it. All right, anyway, so yeah, that was the, that was the whole... Uh, Stone Cold! Stone Cold! <laughs> I'll make another one later, don't worry. And then, All right, so yeah, that, that's all you need to know about the uh, ASM issues. Honestly, just skip these if you're going to force yourself to read. Honestly, though, I, I there's two ASM issues that I actually liked. <laughs> Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's at least one. Yeah, I know, like five or six or seven. <laughs> that totally makes it all worth it. All right, anyway, <laughs> yeah, buy so, them all uh, for one. All right, clone. Don't, no, here's my advice. Don't buy any of these. All right, clone conspiracy part three is by the regular creative team of Slot and Shung. John Dell did the inks, and we pick up with uh, Spider Gwen dressed as the '70s Gwen Stacy and. Peter Parker dressed as Parker Industries. Peter Parker uh, climbing in the uh, in the vents where the lizard then begins to attack, and they kick uh, lizard in the face, and then and then the jackal sends out <laughs> Captain Stacy with Montana, the freaking from issue twenty five Spider Slayer Mirage, the Rose, and Tarantula. He sent out the worst Spider Slayer he possibly could. Why? <laughs> because Captain Stacy is leading a hit squad of supervillains. <laughs> but remember, they're not the bad guys, as as Jackal keeps on saying. We're not the bad guys. Now the prowler them. leads out. The prowler leads a hit squad of the Lobra brother, the ultimate version of Gene DeWolf, Stilt Man, Bart Hamilton, Green Goblin, and Danny Burkhart, uh, Mysterio. You got uh, you got the Sealer Jack- Squad. <laughs> Yeah. Then you've got then you've got Jack O'Lantern and uh, uh, Jason Philip McIndell Hobgoblin Surgeon. Anyway, uh, then we cut to Gwen. Oh no, and, and, Bart, and Bart Hamilton Green Goblin. Don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Bart, Bart Hamilton Green Goblin. In other words, all, all the goblins that nobody cares about. Yeah. <laughs> he's, and then we we cut to Horizon University a few miles away, and, and Gwen's like, "The Jackal will find me. He's a very powerful man." Kane and, and Anna Maria Macroni are trying to figure it out. He uh, show he then takes off his costume and shows that he's got the carrion virus and and um, they call Chief Anderson and uh, she's overseeing all investigations into you personally and then she tips off <laughs> she tips off new you and the, because she's a clone because she's a clone Anubis Jackal is like oh I've got a meeting 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 and then they're like we're going to phase two and then. Uh, then he jumps from there to meet with Otto Octavius because we got to get the obligatory Otto Octavius cameo with the per- the new perfect clone, quote unquote, that they have created. Cut back to uh, Spider Gwen and Peter, and Sp- Peter gives Gwen a web shooter. They start uh, going to Horizon. Then all of a sudden, when they get to Horizon, in shows up the the Rhino and and she Electra, which is not her name, but that's what I'm calling her for this podcast. 
Uh, ben or Spider-Man then drives his his spider. <laughs> you can't tell which one's which. Ben, I mean Spider-Man, I mean Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Peter, and uh, Gwen drive in the spider cycle. Yeah, he has spare spider cycles. Is that available town. at Toys R Us yet? It's yet. available at KB Toys. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. He stole he stole Batman's uh, motorcycle from the Dark Knight Rises and painted it red. Yes, the spider pod. Yeah, so <laughs> the same. Don't tell me. Then, it's we, not. then we almost see, see Spider Gwen naked, but no, she's just changing into her costume. And uh, to take away of the scene. Okay. All right. <laughs> so then Max Modell and, and and Peter are talking about you know there's a conspiracy and everything like that. Then the Kingpin shows up, which references the uh, free comic book day issue that we didn't talk about. Um, it's bad. The, the the issue the ASM issue before Clone Conspiracy had um, Jackal coming to Kingpin to basically give give him a version of Vanessa, which he promptly snapped her neck and was like, "Get the f out, you Jack." <laughs> I'm uh, so I'm so glad you mentioned this when you did your recap of the background, Zach. My bad. Well, I, 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 my recap kind of got hijacked by I don't know Josh. <laughs> <laughs> this entire anyway. podcast off the rails, all right? I forgive you. Uh, yeah. So then he basically, uh, Kingpin basically gives him a file and he's like, here, take this, you know, you'll owe me. And then we get to a private airstrip outside of town. <laughs> I do where... love that. It's like BS. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't owe you. You owe me. It's like, okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> Whatever. And so then Peter arrives on his spider cycle that looks just like the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Actually, now it looks like a pod racer. Yeah, it does. Uh, now this is pod racing. <laughs> to, which, to which the jackal... The oh, jackal you, you, you forgot to mention that Anubis is talking to uh, two guys named Burke and Hare. You got the reference? I, I was about to ask about that. I don't know what that, what's this about. What are their names? I'm sorry. Burke and Hare. Which is... Uh, there were a pair of uh, Scottish murderers that used to kill people and then sell their their bodies to a do- like a crooked doctor so that he could dissect them for anatomy lessons. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that, that one's actually rated E for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. it, it was, I wrote it down here. It was in 1828. So yeah, it kind of connects to the story actually. That, okay, that one's actually clever. Okay, so they have they're delivering Which means the Christos bodies. Gage must have come up with it. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, this is this is slot writing, so who knows? So this is the first time I guess that they've met on like met face to face. They've done everything through emissaries. Uh, this actually goes back to the body of Otto Octavius being during Superior Spider-Man. The the body was went missing, like back in 2013. The body of Otto Octavius went. Missing, and it's 2016. Three years later, they finally give us an answer as to what happened in that effing subplot. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, but, but Zach, this is long-range story building, Zach. Dude, I, like, like, That's no. what good it's, writers do. No, bullshit. <laughs> Not three years after the effing fact. I don't remember that. I, I was reading back then. Well, well hold on. missing? Well, let me ask, was it three years in which they like, Carla Cooper, like, went or... to Otto's grave and was like, oh, Peter, one day I'll find your killer. Whoa, oh, Carly Cooper. Hey, yeah. Wait, wait a second. Yeah, Carly Cooper. There's no body in here. And then, like, the goblin, like, tattoo people are like, we, we, you will join us, Carly Cooper. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, let me ask, was this three years that which it was never referenced again, or was it something that they yes. pulled up every... Oh, well, that's stupid, then. <laughs> yes. Like, 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 there's... If you weren't reading Amazing Spider-Man... 
You wouldn't know that that's what that was the the first seed of this bullshit being planted. Anyway, as I remember, I went on a rant on this on crawl on that that show that shall not be named. The show um, that you're on. Yeah, that I, <laughs> <laughs> Many Mondays. It, it's not Voldemort. Like <laughs> the radio. Oh my God, Josh! You don't even know. Like I, I refer <laughs> on Mayday Monday as we called him. Uh, was it uh, the writer who shall not be named? <laughs> That's what we call yeah. Slot because I don't want to badmouth Slot on a no- yet another show. And eventually, somebody called me on the fact that I always pronounce Voldemort incorrectly because I pronounce the T. Not yeah. you. Yeah. Who pronounce the T? What the hell? Who the hell said that? It's Voldemort. No, it's Voldemort, apparently. Well, the, the movies, they pronounce it Voldemort. Ray Fine says Voldemort, so why not? All right. All right, anyway. <laughs> so Anubis Jackal is meeting these two these two Ghosts. body ghost dealers. Um, when, you know, Spidey shows up. With his car? He's like, yeah, with, with, his, with his pod racer. And he's like, I've had it with you. And then he's like super humanly dodging all these things. And he's like, all of a sudden, he, uh, ben, uh, Spider-Man realizes it. And he's like, enough, I'm stopping this right here, right now. And he's like, uh, I'm stronger. I'm no stronger or faster than you are. But you're, you're, you're just some crazy mad scientist in the stupid red suit. And he's like, Peter, please. This is darker than red. It's more of a scarlet. It's me, Peter. Ben <laughs> Riley, your brother from another blood cell. Ben, it can't be you. He's it's the brown hair, right? I let my roots grow. That makes You're dead. sense. <laughs> Sorry. You're dead. You dissolved. I told you the new you process is more advanced than cloning. It can restore anyone with all of their memories intact. I remember it burning away in your arms. I can come back from that. Imagine the possibilities with your help. With Parker Industries resources, we could go worldwide. You wouldn't, you never want anyone to die. I'm offering you something better. Everyone gets to live. Anyone we've ever lost, no matter how long ago. No one is off limits, even him. The man in here is my gift to you. Join me. And together we'll bring back Uncle Ben. And then we have the floating head of guilt, and he's like, To be continued! <laughs> you, you know how the jackals, or, or Anubis slash Ben, has been going around this whole time saying that they're not clones, yeah. they're reanimations? How awesome would it have been if he took off that Anubis helmet, and he was f***ing uh, Jeffrey Combs? <laughs> that would have yeah. been sweet! <laughs> it's me, Peter. Jeffrey Combs from the Reanimator, your old friend. <laughs> Alright, so, so when we have an issue of exposition... Particularly about Ben Riley. There's only one person that I had in mind to talk and recap this issue, and that would be Mr. Joshua Labbertoni. Josh. Okay, yeah, th- th- I was wondering how you made that connection, but sure. <laughs> um, so, Amazing Spider-Man issue 22, mutiny. The circus of crime is tired of the ringmaster shtick, so they decide to oust him and make the clown their new leader. <laughs> Meanwhile, Peter. Well done. <laughs> Okay, never. Okay, all right. All right. Let, let me. Let, sorry, next one. Okay. Amazing no, Spider Man. Yeah, Amazing Spider Man, issue 22. Venom is ambushed at the grave of his ex wife. <laughs> Meanwhile, the mystery <laughs> of Sunday. That's the wrong. That's the wrong. Stacy warns Jill and Paul. Okay, let's get to volume three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, luckily, don't. Luckily, there was no volume three issue twenty two because it was uh, rebooted okay. before it got there. So. Uh, <laughs> All right, issue twenty two, volume four. I, I've been waiting for years to do that joke on a podcast. <laughs> um, okay, so. Amazing Spider-Man, issue 22, volume 4. 
Ben, you know, uh, relives his past and uh, he talks about, you know, his beginnings and how we we do get a little bit of background here because we've always known that Peter and Gwen gave their blood samples to Warren. But we don't know, like, for what purpose or what the circumstances were, just that it was for science. And he says that it was for a science experiment and that the only reason why Peter did it was because Gwen wanted to help. And he says, and that's when you and I parted company. You like, you know, him and Peter parted company because of the blood cells, right? False. Because, as we know from reading Amazing Spider-Man issue 149, that uh, Miles Warren pricked Peter again and took his quote-unquote RNA memory cells. So Peter and Ben's memories and life experiences actually diverge in issue 149. He remembers all the stuff that happened, like in the Conway run and everything else, too. But, okay, whatever. Um, He talks about, you know, how after that whole original Clone Saga stuff with Conway... He saw Peter with Aunt May and realized that he had to let him live his life false because it was actually him and Mary Jane. But I'll allow it. We could pretend that, you know, maybe after he saw Peter and Mary Jane having sex, he also saw Peter kissing May <laughs> on the cheek and left town. He says that once he gained his confidence from being on the road, he decided to come back and be the Scarlet Spider. False. He came back because um, Aunt May was dying and he wanted to see her one last time. But um, he talks about the Clone Saga, and there was some debates um, in our private, you know, Facebook groups uh, for SpuddyDude.com about, like, if the girl's hair and outfits were miscolored. I'll let you guys handle that because you all looked at that more deeply than I did. And we get to um, him degenerating, but we find out that once Peter, like, swung away, like, it's really weird if you look at it. It's like, well, Ben's dead. Time for me. Actually, in fairness, he would have been swinging away because Mary Jane was giving, you know, birth. But in this continuity, she might not have been giving. And that he so. literally says that his next his next thought was Mary Jane. So like yeah, <laughs> so Warren goes to like you know scoop up uh, some of the ashes, which may or may not contradict the last pages of the Revelations trade paperback where Peter you know drops him off the bridge. We can always hand wave it that um, I'm, I'll allow this one because maybe Warren left some of the ashes behind, or maybe he replaced it with like random ashes so that Peter wouldn't know. So Ben Riley wakes up in a lab where we see Professor Warren, you know, looking as he did in the Bronze Age. He's not like a mutated jackal man or anything like that. And um, this isn't actually Ben Riley, and I'm going to emphasize this many times. Ben Riley is dead. This is a clone of Ben Riley. So technically, it's a clone of Peter. No, and no, like, no, Josh. It's a reanimation of Ben Riley. <laughs> <laughs> well, like if if this is Ben Riley, then isn't Ben Riley Peter by that? Def- I mean. All of these questions are kind of raised in that issue where Peter and Gwen argue about this, um, which I think is the issue after this. But um, Warren kills him 27 times with, like, various ways. He, like, kills uh. him alive. He gives him a plague. So this is the 27th clone of Ben Riley. And after being killed 27 times, he thinks of all the people who need him, including Aunt May. False, because as far as Ben knew at this point, Aunt May died in Amazing Spider-Man issue 400. He didn't know that that was an actress, but apparently, you know, somehow he knew. So Ben breaks free. He takes control. And he clones a bunch of Miles Warrens, and when they wake up, it's like, ha ha, you don't know which one of you is real, so you have to take this pill and work for me, or you're going to die, because one of, because only one of you is the real one. And we see um, a bunch of Jackal costumes, including the Jackal 90s uh, costume, which I guess was a costume all along. Except it wasn't, because we saw him exit so, that pod. Whatever. <laughs> so Peter's listening to all of this intently. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. In the, in the present day, mind you, he's like... Okay, okay, well, this totally bridges the gap between the last issue of Clone Conspiracy and the next issue, so tell me more. To be continued.
now to Clone Conspiracy Part 4, which will be recapped by Mr. Delator. Gerard? Yep, Clone Conspiracy number four of five, except not really because there are six parts. Uh, it's written by Dan Slott, penciled by Jim Chung, once again. Inks by John Dell and Corey Smith. So we add another anchor into the mix. And uh, Justin Ponsor is the color artist. Uh, can I ask you guys, wh- when did they stop using colorist and start using color artist instead? Oh, I That's not know. even consistent because the ASM issues just use colorist. Anyway, sorry, pet peeve. So uh, we, we cut to the Jackal's Laboratory or laboratory for you British folks, where uh, he has he has cane tiles. Like, say laboratory, though, I think of Dexter's laboratory. So you have uh, Electro sitting in the corner, uh, I guess getting recharged or something. You have uh, the proto-clone sitting in his, uh, his uh, Nora Freeze chamber. You have uh, Kane sort of just trussed up as they experiment on him. And then, of course, you have uh, the lizard, Dr. Octopus, and Miles Warren doing scientist things. The lizard seems to have gone into business for himself because he's putting something together that he's going to give to his family as he stuffs it into his uh, his lab coat and walks off. Then uh, another Miles Warren comes in with Anna Maria Marcotti, and you have a bit of a, of a confrontation between uh, Otto and Anna Maria because of their history. History, which I know next to nothing about because I didn't read during that era, so screw it. And then, uh, when Peter Parker was inhabited by the soul of Dr. Audio Octavius, he was like, you should all listen to me for I'm a doctor. It's like, um, no, you're not. He's like accessing Parker memories. I didn't finish grad school. Screw it. So he goes to Empire State University to finish grad school, but he took the class of one Dr. Schnoz and Dr. Schnoz's class cannot be passed without the tutelage of one student named Anna Maria Marconi. So Peter and Anna Maria Marconi, who is secretly Dr. Octopus Peter, not Anna Maria, took this tutor class and love blossomed. They even moved in together, but then when Peter took his body back over again, um, that relationship kind of soured, and she learned that um, the man that she was in love with was actually Otto Octavius in the body of Peter Parker, who was actually Spider-Man. And what did she do with this news when she found out that her whole life was a massive lie? She baked cookies and continued to live with someone that looked exactly like the man that she almost married while watching him have sex with this Asian woman named Silk and laughing about it and spraying them with bottles. I'm not even kidding. Yes. Yeah. Lesson, lesson to be learned here. Dan Slott is a terrible, terrible writer. Anyway, uh, so uh, a truck pulls up, or a van, I guess, being driven by the Anubis Jackal, they, with uh, Peter Parker sitting in the passenger seat. They look back, and of course you have a box that has the remains of Uncle Ben. Boy, this hits close to home. So then uh, they keep driving along. Uh, uh, you know, Jackal's giving him the whole speech about how, you know, they're good guys and they're trying to do the right thing. And he explains that he was able to, or the Jackal explains he was able to pull all this off basically because he's been super blackmailing everybody at every level that he has to. Yeah. Which is highly skeevy, which Peter points out. But he's like, no, no, Peter, it's the power of love, man. And all that BS. So they're it's driving. The power of love. <laughs> I was thinking about that, but I didn't want to go there. I don't want to subject the listeners to any more of my terrible singing. So they're driving to the uh, Site B of New U, which is located on, I guess, Isla Sorna. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, sorry. No, no, no. It's the Transamerica Pyramid because they're in San Francisco, and San Francisco has like three <laughs> it's like three well-known locations, so they have to use one of them at least. Uh, so yeah. that, you know, all of the clones get in there, uh, you know, the clone Gwen takes her pills so that she won't melt. And somewhere in the bowels of this place, Anubis starts showing Spider-Man around. 
to a place that he called Haven, which is literally all of these uh, revived clones just walking around in some kind of idyllic, uh, some kind of idyllic suburban land. I don't even know what the hell this is supposed to be, but you have yes. you have things like the lizard playing soccer with a, with his wife and son. You have uh, which is disturbing on so many levels. Yeah, because he's still the lizard. He's not Kirk Connors. Uh, you have uh, Nick Katzenberg walking around eating an apple. You have. Uh, Jonah Jameson walking around with uh, Marla and Maddie Franklin. You have the goblins look like they're playing tag in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Nice shots, brother goblin. <laughs> <Stick> with <laughs> me, and I'll make a real goblin out of you. <laughs> you Sally, Sally Avril. <laughs> yeah, Sally Avril. Oh, my have- God. Oh. <laughs> uh, way in the wait, back. Who, who is the black chick? Um. I think he says that Sally Avril. I think they just miscolored her a little bit because she's not supposed to be that dark. Uh, no. uh, you have uh, the rhino. Damaged. He has the rhino who looks really f- small in this panel, walking with his wife because they're like close to the same. Whoa, whoa, that, yeah, he's a little smaller. Uh, you have uh, Stiltman uh, astride of, of a tree taking a piss, presumably. Uh, you have Jack O' Lantern <laughs> flying around. It's just a mess. Like, why would anyone want to live here? So, uh, you know... Well, and, like, how awkward would it be for people like Nick Katzenberg or Sally Avril? Because at least, like, the lizard has his family. Gwen and Captain Stacy have each other. The goblins can play tag. Like, who's Sally Avril going to socialize with? You know, like, what's Nick Katzenberg going to do? Well, no, Nick Katzenberg's going to stay in his house and, well, I'm not going to say what he's going to do. No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they have a good cable plan in, the, in, the, in Haven. So, uh, you know, this is all part of the cell job. And, of course, you get the, the bit that Josh referenced earlier where Gwen says, he's like, no, I'm not mad that you killed me. I forgive you. What? <laughs> uh, you have, uh, you cut back to the lab or the laboratory for a sec, where uh, Adam Rio Marcotti and, uh, and Otto continue to argue with each other until they realize they've accidentally stumbled upon a genius idea that will in no way play into the ending of this story that has to do with using vibrations and all that stuff. We'll get to that later. So, uh, Peter, for some inexplicable reason, is impressed by Haven as he sees the world's longest line in, in, for like a lemonade stand or whatever. Oh, wait, no, that's that. where they get it. their medication. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, I was going to correct myself, Zach. It was a joke. Where, where they're in line to get their pills they're all going to need. Boy, explain that to an outsider. A bunch of people standing in line, including children, to get to so they're like a bunch of junkies, so they can get their fix. Oh boy! Uh, and then, of course, uh, it reminds me of like uh, Jim Jones's, like, hey, hey, let's serve some Kool Aid, guys. Oh my god! <laughs> Is it not? Yeah, think about it. Quiet down the children, please. Parents, parents, take care of your children. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> this is the Tim Jones tapes. I'm going to home. Oh, and of course, the best part is Alistair Smythe talking to a little girl that's holding a teddy bear. Which we don't know who the hell that's supposed to be. Yeah. I, I, don't, yeah, know what the, I don't know what kind of conversation they're having. <laughs> I'm sure it's fascinating. That, that, that one slipped through my continuity brain, too. I, I, I assume she was from, like, a one-shot or something. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you look like that? What is Elmo doing in Naaman? Uh, also, uh, it looks like Stiltman's trying to cut the line. That bad. So anyway, uh, uh, you know, Marla Jameson and Jonah come up there and they start talking and they're talking about all sorts of crap about how you know, Jonah has to go on the air and pump up new you and talking about how the deal is for, for Anubis to resurrect his dad and all that stuff. Again, who boy is close to home. So then... Uh, Peter decides, you know what? Uh, he starts talking about Uncle Ben and bringing about how uh, 
how Anubis has already brought back all of these people, but he hasn't brought back Uncle Ben yet. And the reason is because Uncle Ben would disapprove all this stuff because he's showing no responsibility. And then the heel turn. And <laughs> absolutely no one saw coming. Hulk Hogan leg drops the Macho Man, revealing himself to be the third member of the NWO. Oh, sorry, wrong. Uh, wrong oh my list. God, he's the third man. Hogan's the third man. Uh, sorry, wrong, wrong page. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, he then snaps his fingers, and all of the super villains in Haven immediately turn around. They get off the junkie line. Boy, you know, all the children in the back now just get skips. That they're gonna, they, they really should have held their place in the line. And then, of course, they all jump Spider-Man and attack him because, you know, that's what they do when they're under the control, the thumb of Anubis because he has all their drugs. Except for the Prowler, who for some reason, even though he's on the Jackal side, turns around and is like, eh, well, you know, if they're attacking Spider-Man, he must be evil. As opposed to all the other evil things that we're doing to this point. <laughs> oh, you forget you forget the one thing that, that Ben says. Everybody's, Rhino's like, and you'll bring him back, yes? Under your control? And he's like, no, I have someone who can take his place. And he's like, son of a, that's why you stop going blonde! Just so you know, I am very disappointed in you. Uh yeah yeah what that made that reference makes no sense because if he's a if he's a clo- oh, I'm sorry a uh, reanimate <laughs> he wouldn't be brunette the whole time but anyway so uh so Ben jumps in, in a super duper express elevator so he can get to the lab really fast and he walks in and he starts to ta- ask him about the progress that they're making and uh, Electro starts talking about how it's really funny because a midget and a fat man are arguing with each other and I actually got a laugh out of that. <laughs> Because I'm a horrible human being. So yes. then uh, they reveal the whole plan that, that has to do with uh, matching uh, harmonics. So they can use it to melt them at super speed or to reinforce them without the drugs, etc. Uh, all this time, Spider-Gwen is, is you know spying on them from inside of the vent. And even though the room is full of... Uh, even though there's a Spider-Man in the room who should be able to pick her up with a spider sense, he doesn't <laughs> bottle. Uh, so then, uh, you know, they make a reference to the fact that... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, ben says that he can give Anna Maria Marconi access to the uh, the proto clone, so that because you know, because she's a midget and that's a defect, which he gets pretty <laughs> mad at. And that causes Ock to attack him, and they have a fight. And Ock's like, "Wait a minute! How I made a highly telegraphed attack, and somehow Warren was able to avoid it. Could it possibly be?" Yeah, that was a clumsy way to reveal that he knows it. Whatever. I know, right? <laughs> so then Spider, uh, this is getting long and long recaps. Let me try to speed through the end here. So Spider Gwen jumps out, a uh, fight ensues, you know, yada yada yada. Uh, Octavius uh, cranks up the thing so that the frequency goes on. All the clones start to degenerate in, or into having the carrying virus immediately. Scream! Uh, and then uh, you know, the uh, uh, Anna Maria grabs Otto at one point, and she starts getting infected with the carrion virus because, of course, it's it's easily communicable between people by touch. And then, uh, while Jonah is giving his uh, his spiel on the Facts Channel, totally not Fox News, uh, the uh, harmonic signal starts going across the air, and apparently, Jonah, apparently, the Facts Channel has a really, really high viewership because somehow this goes out to everyone in the world. <laughs> Who are all simultaneously sitting there watching a 24-hour news program at the same time? <laughs> uh, yeah. To be fair, if every, if you're sitting there all day watching a 24-hour news channel, you deserve to die. But anyway, uh, they all start to keel over and die, and, and it's like, oh my god, what are we gonna do now? To be continued. What the Sam Hill? <laughs> Sorry, that was a long recap, but yeesh, that was a lot of crap in that issue. Oh yeah. All right, so then we cut to 
Clone conspiracy, or excuse me. All right, so we'll briefly talk about uh, <clears throat> ASM twenty three. It's essentially a re extended scene of the Haven sequence. Okay, when he first gets, you know, when he first does his second tour of this entire book. By the way, because that's how he diffused Ben fighting the Rhino and the and the um, not Electro. He gave him a tour. This is how he does it again. Like he. Yes, Electro. Electro. What is her name? It's officially Electro, right? Yeah, it is officially Electro. Yes, I, I, was... I keep I keep wanting to call her Aftershock because she looks exactly like the character. I was going to bring that up in the in the thoughts. <laughs> yeah, because that that was a lazy, lazy. It's not lazy your fault answer. that she's a superior character. Aftershock being a superior character, I mean. <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know. I kind of like this Electro though, mainly because she reminds me of Aftershock. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So, Clone Spirit tie-in, basically, just to give it kind of a real brief rundown, uh, we open with Gwen saying, I forgive you. Now, please help us. <laughs> Don't ever do that voice again, Zach. Happy birthday to... <laughs> oh okay, God. okay. I'll get Lacey Chabert on and she'll do it. No. no right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like I have Lacey Chabert's phone number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you do? Really make it some horrible Christian Mingle two or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's she's doing some stuff on the Hallmark Channel, probably. Actually, she's just had a kid, so she's probably. <laughs> I'm sure she she's really you know regretting that decision to leave Family Guy behind. <laughs> that wasn't a joke, by the way. She was in a film version of Christian Mingle. Yes, she was. That's a uh, thing so, that exists. Um, so basically, we uh, have the extended version where we have. Uh, the only reason I wanted to bring this up was you have Ned Leeds mysteriously and suddenly show up and be like, Spider-Man, talk to him. He doesn't let us, uh, he doesn't let us, all of us out yet. We're not, says we're not ready, but I need to see Petty. There's so much I have to say. <laughs> like, why do you keep on cheating? <laughs> you are the man that brought me back to life is the same person that you were screwing around with. He's like, oh, don't worry. I've already seen Betty. Peter, uh-huh. what does he mean by that? <laughs> Peter, why does your, your costume now have a color that you're giving? I put that image on my Facebook and I said, like, Ned, no. And then, like, we played a game in the comment section, like, what is it that Ned has to tell <laughs> Oh, here's what, it, here's what it is. You got me the wrong tobacco blend. The, you got me the post instead of the daily news. And you were a wet blanket to be around. <laughs> And you also humili- sexually humiliated me. <laughs> you brought a date to my. Actually, you didn't bring a date to the funeral, but like, like you started dating Flash Thompson like mere hours after the funeral. Yeah. yeah. God, this is some Jerry Springer shit. So, so anyway, we, we he's in the shower right now, isn't he? Yeah. You want to join us, Ned? What? No, I. <laughs> but then we are really going to have to talk right. about this. Know why I hate you, Leeds. Alright, alright, alright. Anyway, so uh we have a conversation between Gitman and Peter where they start laughing about how there's a there's a young slightly younger version of herself running around being spider girl, woman, whatever. Not that uh, younger. <laughs> you know, just saying. And then Peter is like, well, you're a clone. Like, no, I'm <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm a reanimation. And she's I'm like, okay, but by that boy. logic, then Kane is not a clone, and, and, and Ben Riley's not a clone. She's like, well, well, those are different, Peter. 
I remember everything. Okay. Uh, by the way, Peter, how are how are my kids? I think I had kids before I died, and for some reason I haven't asked about them. I was wondering when you'd ask about them. When? <laughs> oh, of course I was going to ask about them. I mean, someone would have to be a really horrible parent to come back from the dead and not check in on where their kids are. <laughs> Eventually, then she kisses him. She's like, I guess you have your answer now. And the answer is no. And then we have a, a blatant redrawing of everybody going to get their pills, except for mysteriously the Jack is there handing out pills. Oh, that's a continuity error. Yeah, like continuity error. it's actually really funny because it's like the end of that issue from like Gwen and um, <laughs> from like Gwen's and uh, Captain Stacy's point of view. They're just like talking. It's like, man, Peter's acting weird. Oh, look, everyone's randomly beating him up. How about that? Nice <laughs> <laughs> well, funny, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Ow! Oh, and all of a sudden, they start they start carrying uh, they start clone degenerating, and then Captain Stacy's like, "No, um, we're gonna die!" And then all of a sudden, Peter's like, "Gwen, Gwen!" Could we continue in Clone Conspiracy <laughs> Part Five? You some people gonna die? What's <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so Clone Conspiracy Part Five. We who the recap will be done by and John Dell, Jay Liss, and this last part. Joseph Monsor, the color artist. Uh, you, know. <laughs> you know what? You know what it means when the every issue is in the previous one, don't you? <laughs> Somebody wasn't making headlines. All right. Uh, oh, no, no, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the scripts are getting rushed through. All right, across America, you know, suffering from clone generation. And uh, Ben, not Ben Riley, is like, happy birthday! So he's like, sure, we'll have all the same horoscope, but don't forget, you'll never forget your mom's birthday, and that's a good thing. And Shut up! Just, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, dude, you're insane, bro. Bro, seriously, bro. Anyway, so... spectacular Spider-Man? Or Eddie Brock? I was doing that. Bro, I apologize. If you're gonna do Flash, you have to do that laugh. Yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be Eddie Brock. I fucked up. It's in the corner now. I apologize. All right, anyway, so then we have uh, Peter, like, fighting, watching everybody to degenerate nothingness, except for, except for ironically enough, not. Uh, we then have a fight between the Jackal Kane and, and Otto Octavius, where the Jackal reveals that he's <clears throat> not Ben Riley, And so Peter and Gwen uh, get there. Spider-Gwen saves... Saves Kane from you know his impending doom. Thank God. And then as you're Peter welcome. Walking into this. <laughs> nice. But then again, if he died, wouldn't he just resurrect again? Yeah. No, they. He's died like twenty times. <laughs> so uh, she's like, uh, he's like, not Gwen is like, yeah, about that. I've got an idea too. She's like, tell me yours, Gwen Stacy. I'll tell you mine. And she's like, let me show you instead. Closes the door, and then she's like. Sorry, and then all of a sudden the Goblin Rejects show up, and then she inexplicably catches a pumpkin bomb and, and you know, dies fighting, right? So, what, what do you mean I, inexplicably? I that like, moment. What are you talking about? By the way, I, 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 the way Gwen, congratulations. You've avenged your death by fighting three Rejects Goblins and not the real guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, but I, I actually like that moment when they're like, is this how you want to die? She's like, yeah, like going out, saving the world on my own terms, as opposed to which that was a good way to bring it full circle from like that night that Gwen Stacy died retcon story where like 
she's basically a zombie in her own death because they, you know, continuity. So anyway, um, you've got Anna Maria, like, sitting there on the computer while you got Otto and Jackal, like, you know, fighting, like, the world's at stake and everything. And then all of a sudden, Peter shows up. He's like, Ben! And, uh... He's like, two of you now, it matters not. I shall take out the, the pair of you on. And then all is whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, is it, so he's Italian now? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He's like, whatever you were, Riley, you're not my brother. All right. So anyway, um, Anna's like, it's, uh, she's like, he's like, you're infected. He's like, I, I need Peter Parker's brain. We all do. And he's like, you worked out the inverse frequency, didn't you? She's like, how do you know? I'm smart and sore. You, where is it? Blah, blah, blah. I downloaded into my web where you're way ahead of you. So then all of a sudden, Otto Octavius and, and not Ben Riley are fighting. To be continued on that, Anna Maria and Peter start taking off. And then all of a sudden, because we haven't seen her in the entire miniseries, Silk shows up so we can tie, tie in those tie-in issues. Uh, we have Jonah at the Fact Channel, you know, watching. How do I know you're not a clone? Assume away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just take her word for it. <laughs> Although I guess he's not turning into a, a carrion, so I guess that's a good enough explanation. Yeah. You don't need us to explain Silk for you, do you? No, I know enough about Silk to know that I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> I, I know enough about Silk to know there's a reason why we didn't cover her tie-in issues in this episode. So Her, her solo series has actually been pretty good. Yeah, yeah well, but it's is it is it, is it is it is it written by Dan Slott? No, that's no. that's why it's been pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's Robin right. Thompson. So Peter is like, all right, plan A is for us to send it out through the fact channel system. Plan B is now going to be sending it out through the webware that I emergency warning system that I use for Amber Alerts and flash flood warnings, even if their devices are on the off setting. And so Anne Maria's like, no, you can't do that because I'm a shareholder and that's going to destroy the company. And he's like, well, you're turning into a zombie right now. So that kind of takes precedent. The frequency and everything starts stabilizing. But but Otto like shatters the webware and he's like, that was stopping the decay. We're saving us both. And he's like, you pathetic clone. You cost my Anna her life. Melt with me. <laughs> Even on the way. So we can have... Um, Anna's like, Anna Maria's like, oh, we pulled it off, yay! And then also we see a broken, the newest jackal head. They're like, dust and empty suits, both of them. What do you think? Are they, I think there's something I need to see this way. And, uh, it's like, you deserve better than this, Gwen Stacy, better than me. And all of a sudden they see a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, dust floating around. We got Shane, Spider Gwen, uh, Rhino is like crying, but Peter's a complete, d- he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not touching that. <laughs> And then all of a sudden they go to the, the, the freaking sub base where they were able to partially cure people, but some of them helped with, it helped with the cloning process. So they helped the original people that they had kidnapped. And so we have a bunch like three people in silhouette, and then all of a sudden we have Hobie Brown who didn't die. <laughs> For God's and sake! Jerry By Salter. the way, I'm alive. Hey guys, what I missed? The first three issues of your own series? Yeah, for three or four <laughs> series now canceled. Uh, anyway, and that's how. And then, oh, really? It's canceled. Yeah, it's, it's not. Surprise! In the year 2017, people don't want to read a problem series. Yeah. So then he's like, like Jerry Saunders. Oh, I'm gonna have to help you get to Jerry. I understand we're only human. And whatever. Like, that's what's going on. And conspiracy parts. It's not real part six. Am I the only one that was bothered by the fact that the Rhino cradling his dying wife was played fast twice? Oh. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. 
So, then we cut to ASM, a.k.a. the issue that made me, like, question why, why, why. After the heel turn, we'll, we'll if get it makes you feel better, Zach, this is the twenty seventh clone of Ben Riley. I know the real Ben anyway. Riley is still is still like dead. All right, so the cover has a bunch of clones in the background with Ben and Jackal fighting with Peter Parker laying on a table. This is not reminiscent at all of Maximum Clonage at all. Anyway. So uh, we cut to the New Year headquarters where we get the extended version of the fight scene between Otto and, and Anubis Jackal. And, like, Otto's like, the die is cast, because he's never said that before. In this. Yeah, because this is a silver yeah. age, apparently. So, uh, anyway, uh, he's like, hey, you minion, uh, minion of uh, Miles Warren number four, help me. And he's like, starts melting. Uh, every, every Miles Warren clone starts melting, except for the one that's not dissolving, which means he's the real Miles Warren. All this time, you must have been hiding behind my back, Ben Riley, quote-unquote. You, nothing but a clone of Pete Parker yourself. You stripped me of dignity, my identity, I made, and made me believe I was an imitation. There's only one Miles Warren again, and soon there shall only be one jackal to be or not to be. That is the question. <laughs> Alas, poor Yorick. I knew him, Horatio. So, Those lips have kissed. I know not how yes. oft. So we then cut you know, to the scene we already saw in, in Clone Conspiracy 5, except where we see Ben completely pwn this not version of Otto, Otto Octavius. He's like, all right, so my tech and your brilliant twisted brain made a clone of that won't fall apart like the other. So most perfect clone ever created an improvement on nature is a mind. My mind as I have the crazy eyes, which if you ever see a girl with crazy eyes, no way. Anyway, so... <laughs> Maybe you should have taken your own advice, Zach. Didn't have crazy eyes. Anyway, <clears throat> so Parker, look me, Dan, this is going to work out after all. He's like, indeed, fool. Spider sense? Ah! And he's like, yes, Ben Riley, I figured it out. In fact, I counted on it. Ha ha ha! Then... Cut to mere moments later. We don't know how many mere moments it was, but uh, Otto Octavius apparently stole <laughs> the body uh, as he melted. So he then gets his, st- his secret stash of drugs, starts taking them, and then he steals uh, steals the clothing off of the uh, off of the dead Miles clone. Sits there and crawls down the side of a building, commits grand theft auto, steals the guy's webware, where he starts like the frequency to where it's like, oh yeah, that hits the spot, that's just what Daddy needs, which is painfully erotic. Uh, anyway. <laughs> painfully erotic? I thought Let's that see. was a drug reference. Zach, what's on your brain? Yeah. Drugs can be painfully erotic. I, 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 <laughs> it's I true. Things, you know what? Back to square one, Riley, where do you go from here? Rhetorical question to the safe house. My secret home away from home. Which looks exactly like the brand new day version of Aunt May's house. Not the house that he grew up in. No, no, no. Like they say, uh, the, the caption says, what can I say? I'm a sentimental clone who likes fake memories of his childhood home. Bullshit. That is the brand new day version of that house. That is wrong, <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. This is important to know. All right. And he like flips open the light and he's like, hello, Jackal, it's me, the Jackal. Ha <laughs> ha. Hello, Jackal, it's me, the Jackal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what this thing says. Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's, it sounds like Zach messed up, but he really didn't. No. He's like, yeah. I'm seen double. 
four jackals. He's like, <laughs> okay, what do I smell? Gas. Benzene. I did it for you. Get it, benzene. Okay, first of all, benzene gas is, is completely odorless. This is bull****. Anyway, uh, so he lights a match and sets everything on fire. They have a momentary fight between the two of them. Where he's like, this is all about me now, isn't it? Ha ha ha. He's like, shut up, you stupid, stupid person. He's like, I broke you. You couldn't care less that Peter Parker's out there somewhere. You came all this way to get to me. Take your best <laughs> shot. Ha, ha, ha. And you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to kill you. Because that's exactly what he does. Like, sets the building on fire, and then they're like, the firefighters show up. He's like, life's whenever you make it. Next time I start making mine. The firefighter's like, hey, easy there. What you got? got some am- ambulance coming. Is there anyone in there? He's like, no, just bad memories. He's like, ah! He's like, noisy bad memories. And they're like, okay, you're under arrest. No. Nope, 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 he's not under arrest. Sit there and punch people out, and then he starts... You're under arrest. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, none of it matters who I am or who I was. doesn't matter. Like, what am I going to be now? It does matter! <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Dan Sly! <laughs> we, we don't know who you are. You're a man that looks like the world-famous Peter Parker leaving the childhood home of Peter Parker. Who could yeah. he be? Exactly. And then he's like... And then we have a, a series of floating heads of guilt with Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley versions... Of Scarlet Spider, the newest Jackal head, the Spider Ben head with Spider uh, with Ben Riley circa Dan Jurgens issue zero, and then you have Lorenzo Lama's version of Peter Parker. Then you have yeah, uh, the, of Ben Riley, yeah, yeah, excuse me, of Ben Riley. Then you have the seventies version of of Peter Parker with the seventies version of Spider Man. The end. Next, Home Conspiracy Omega Part One. <laughs> Boy, right. that, probably, that probably should have been in Cold Conspiracy Five. All right, so, uh, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna split up Omega. I want to burn this through this as fast as possible because it doesn't matter. And I, I, I want to tear this thing. All right, so tear, all right, so Don, you're gonna handle the first story. Josh will handle the second, and then I'll handle the third. The third was like two pages. <laughs> Omega, uh, because you know the, the, everyone's favorite issue from the Clone Saga. Um, Rhino is crying because he's dead for like the second time. Uh, Spider-Man says, I'm sorry, even though he's probably not. Um, and him, uh, Anna Maria Marconi, uh, Kane, battle damage Kane, and Spider-Gwen kind of walking through Ben's lab. When the new U medical clients come, of the, come out of these tubes, and some are like still terminal, some are not, including this guy named Jerry. Um, well, I'm kind of iffy with this. I don't know reading those issues with ASM. But anyway, um, he's, he honestly has like days, uh, left to live, so, Peter, or in Spider-Man, uh, uses his web-weird wife, and she, she blames Peter, not knowing that Peter's right next to her. And so we do the whole, like, you know, it's all my fault thing. And then Maria's like, it's not your fault. Um, Spider-Man says, well, Kane, you knew this was going to happen. Uh, it works really as well. The world's not overrun by carry-on zombies, which I'm kind of confused by, but I don't care. Um, at that point, S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up and working with Max Modell to kind of clear the area. And Kane and, Kane and Peter get into an argument, uh, and Kane's like, you know, why are you guys like this story is over? We need to find Riley right now, and that's basically where he plans to go. Peter's like, whatever, I, 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 don't, I don't care. You do what you want to do, and so he bids, uh, and Kane bids Spider Gwen fellow because they've been like a, a double dynamic deal with this entire story. Uh, Rhino goes crazy, and you know, is still mourning his wife Oksana from way back from a, a uh, brand new day. Spider Man, you know, kind of fights him, but not, but not trying to subdue him. He's, or he's not trying to like hurt him. So he's trying to say, you know, calm down. We'll, we just have to kind of move on and live, and that's how we deal through loss. Um, meanwhile, the freaking lizard, uh, has his family, and I, I just read this like, like, 45 minutes ago, freaking lizard turned his wife and son lizard families, like, like Kirk Langstrom did at one point, <laughs> yeah. with his family, and like, 
not only are they losing family, but they're acting as, as though, you know, there's, it's like a nice, happy family, like with like Martha wearing an apron and his son, like, you know, wearing like shorts or whatever. It's, it's stupidly disrespectful. And that's the You forgot to mention, they're also like, like lizard level intelligent lizards. Cause like his son is eating a plate and his wife is like pouring the, the drink all over the table instead of in the glass. It's not even good. They're not even good. <sighs> Thank you. This is always what I wanted from these characters ever since I read Amazing Spider-Man issue six. <laughs> um, this is the uh, Peter David and Mark Bagley story. How could it go wrong? One of my favorite writers. One of my favorite artists. Well, we start with Rita. Uh, her last name is Clark. Right? She's at a bar because after you get involved in all these science shenanigans with melting people in the underworld zombies, what else can you do but drink your troubles away? When all of a sudden she sees Ben Riley, she's like, Jackal, but you're dead. And he says, actually, I'm not. And then he gives some, you know, flashback exposition, which was covered in uh, that recap that was done earlier. And um, he's like, anyway, I'm here because I need money. And apparently, you know, my years, you know, when I was a hobo riding around on my motorcycle with John Romita Jr. artwork, um, I can't do that anymore because we're in a post, you know, uh, uh, George W. Bush economy and I need money to do that stuff now. And (laughs) she says no. And then all of a sudden two people come up to Rita to like beat her up. They're like, hey. You're that, like, woman who, uh, like, was involved in all that new you stuff. You know, that that stuff, screw with our family. We're going to beat you up. And Ben said, actually, I'm going to beat you up, and I'm going to take your hoodie. And she's like, oh, Ben. She's like, wait, when I said I didn't have any money, here's some money. Actually, I knew you had the money. You did. Ha, ha, ha. Let's just see. I have my ways. Are you saying that you told those people where to find me so that you can save your, so that you can go in and save me and then get rewarded with the money that I wasn't going to give you in the first place? And then Ben points to his nose and she goes, "Ha!" Said <laughs> <Take> Carapple. <laughs> I was hoping more than one person might get that reference. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, he tells her exactly. He tells her that he did exactly that, and she's like, "Oh, Ben, you're such a kidder." And he's like, "Yes." A kidder. Excuse me. I'm going to hit Broadway. Oh, you're going to New York? My dear, there's more than one Broadway. And I'm like, wait, there is? And then the issue ends. <laughs> if you want to see more <laughs> of Ben setting up women to get, like, beat up so he can save them and get their reward money, read Peter David and Mark Bagley's Scarlet Spider series. <laughs> oh, my God. Are we done nope, now? There's another part of- no, Spider-Man has to get a jump drive from Kingpin. Oh, wait. Yeah, now we're done. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> Who do we want to go first? <laughs> Who has the least bit to say? Because I don't I don't want to, like, just go, take I think one. everyone has a lot to say. Yeah, all right. Greg, Greg we're going to go first. We haven't really heard much from him, so let's let's have Greg go first on the phone. Yeah, in my mind, it's been on other things today, but okay, I'll say... I'll start with the one thing about the story that I liked. I actually liked the new Jackals costume, the red suit, the Anubis mask. If this had been Miles Warren, even back in the 70s, he's cloning people, bringing, creating life and death. It, it, it makes sense. It's a good look. It was, they just put it on a horrible character. And I'm not calling Ben Riley a horrible character. Ben Riley's a great character. This is not Ben Riley. No. This is, I don't know who this is, but the Ben Riley that I grew up reading in the 90s, he was a—he was just as heroic as Peter. This guy is Norman Osborn levels of evil. And I'm talking about Norman Osborn gathering a five final chapter levels of evil. Right, because he, he did try to genocide people at the end of the story. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Like, we joked about the face heel turn, but it, it was actually legitimate and true. 
Oh, he went heel and stayed heel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and no hope of, of him going back to face. All right. Josh. All these wrestling references. <laughs> uh, Josh, give us your thoughts. Uh, well, hold on. Do you want to do, do, you wanna do uh, any kind of grades or anything like that? Or is oh, Greg, yeah. Gr- yeah, Greg, it, g- give. <laughs> you, you just you want, grades. Oh, we're, we're, we're great in this. We're actually great in this. <laughs> I mean, it's a foregone conclusion, but for, for the sake of completion, we should probably do it anyway. Of course, I give it a, um, you know, there's some nice art in places, but sometimes a turd stinks so bad that no matter what you sprinkle on it, it's still a turd. F. All right. Josh, what's your grade and give us your thoughts. This is an F. Um, and it's not just an F because, you know, negative Spider-Man fanboy, yeah, yeah, Peter and Mary, you need to be married again. It's not like that, like... Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> here's here's the deal. Um, it any goodwill that this story has, it loses by making Ben Riley or the twenty seventh clone of Ben Riley into this character. Like it, it didn't. It wouldn't have mattered if like the rest of the story was like Watchmen or the Dark Knight Returns like level. You don't take a character as beloved and respected as Ben Riley and do this to and and, and do this to like him and his fans and. Don and I were talking earlier today, and we were, like, comparing it to Cassandra Cain and stuff. And, I mean, <sighs> this is not Ben Ryan. And that's the problem, because you're not only insulting the character. There's people who this character means a lot to. And Slot has a history of, like, using characters who he's not emotionally invested in as crutches in his stories. And, like, one of the greatest examples I can ever think of is Ashley Kafka. Because back mm-hmm. during Superior Spider-Man, yeah. he used – like, he killed off Ashley Kafka. And, and it's okay that he killed her off. I'm not mad about that. But what I wasn't happy about was he obviously didn't understand the character of Ashley Kafka because this was the person who thought that Carnage was redeemable. This was the person who, like, kidnapped the chameleon from Ravencroft because she was worried about the treatment he was getting. Like, she believes that everyone is innately good and that, like, she can cure them. But Slots, who, you know, couldn't be bothered to, like, research her character, he has her saying, oh, Massacre is the worst person in the world. He has no soul, and, and oh, boy, do I sure hate him. Which, Ashley Kafka would never say that. But that's the thing. There's a history with Dan Slots doing stuff like that with characters that he doesn't understand. And it's weird because it's like he was trying the kind of play Ben close enough to the edge that he could be redeemed because he kept on saying we're not the bad guys but that just confused me because like if you're not the bad guys then stop kidnapping people and working with like you know the Jack Lantern and Bart Hamilton and stuff like that like but I I still thought okay maybe in Dan Slott's head Ben is not a bad guy but then all of a sudden he like it's like halfway through the story during that moment where Ben's like killing he decides to like get rid of that pretense like very suddenly, to the point where I just wonder that Slot either changed his mind halfway through the story, or editorial stepped in, like, I don't know. But, like, that was weird, and... kind of evil editorial would step in and say, make him a bad guy? I don't know. Like, no. I can only guess what... In the absence of any explanation, I don't know what happened. But, like, this is not Ben Riley, and luckily it's not Ben Riley. It's the 27th clone of Ben Riley, which was another thing about the story that, like, bothered me, is, like, they kept on saying... We're not clones. We're not clones. And I'm like, 
but they are clones. And then he'd say, oh, but they're better than clones. They have all their memories. And it's like, okay, so did Ben in ASM 149. That's why he and Peter, like, they both woke up and say, oh, my head, I feel like I've been stung by a hornet. Oh, my head, I feel like i just been stung by a hornet. Hey, who are you and where's Ned Leeds? Hey, who are you? You know, it's – and which is why they eventually address that in that Gwen Stacy issue, which that, that was one interesting thing because you have Peter and but Gwen, you know, like kind of debate upon the existence of clones. He's like, look, I'm not saying that you don't have a soul and that you don't exist because you're a clone. I'm just saying – you're a clone. And she's like, no, I have all my memories. And Peter's like, okay, but so does Kane. Kane's not me. And she's like, well, that's different. So I'm glad that that issue finally brought up that storyline. But it was just weird that they spent like the first half of the saying that these people weren't clones. And then they're not bad guys, but for some reason they're teaming up with all these bad guys. And then Ben doubling down. It's, but again, hey, hey, had Ben t- not, go ahead. It's even in the title, Clone Conspiracy. Yeah. There, now, I, I was enjoying parts of this, and there was parts of it I was looking forward to. But again, um, this is an instant F for what they did to Ben Riley. Like, that is, like, big enough to, like, bring the grade down. Um, and I don't care if he got electrocuted and killed 27 times or it drove him insane. You don't do that to Ben Riley. You know, you don't make Ben Riley into someone who tries to commit genocide. You know, save that for Spider Side or something. And actually, at one point, I thought that, like, there would be a last-minute reveal that, like, this proto-clone was going to be, like, a different Ben Riley, and he wasn't going to be evil, and that's who the Scarlet Spider series was going to be about. Because they kept on referencing this, like, you know, mm-hmm. proto-clone, but then that didn't happen. And I think Don or Zach exactly asked me, like, so what did you think of, you know... The last the the issue with and I said and I said to him, well, there goes any thought I had of like this being reversed. <laughs> All right, so now we go to Gerard. I'm gonna I'm gonna close it out with Don before I give my thoughts. Oh, I'm looking forward to this, Gerard. Take it away. Oh boy. Um. Okay. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to be as sedate as possible because I know I can go overboard. <laughs> and also, I'm kind of tired. Um. All right. Um. <sighs> All right, remember when Spider-Verse came out, Zach? Yes. And you and I had had quite a conversation about uh, uh, Spider-Girl's involvement. I mean, the actual, you know, Mayday Spider-Girl. And remember oh, yeah. this... Was she Spider-Woman at that point? No, that's a story that turned her into Spider-Woman Got by it. the end. Um, so, remember, Zach, the thing that I that I kept bringing up, that kept being brought up to me, that I kept countering, was people saying, well, at least you're getting her. You know, like, you should be happy because she, has, she, she hasn't been in comics for, like, five years. You should be happy she's there. And my counter to that was always that I would rather she not appear than to appear and be done this badly. And, and I think everything that's been done with her since has proven me right, of course. Because they've just they've just run the character into the ground, and now if we ever see her again, I'll be surprised. And I, I feel much the same way about this story, with a lot of characters, with Ben Riley especially, but also with they they bring in this is a slot problem that he has constantly with the way he writes, which is he aims high and he never comes close to hitting the mark. And a lot of that has to do with exactly what I'm suggesting, which is that he doesn't know, or Don, which Don alluded to, which is that he doesn't know how to write certain characters, but it doesn't matter because they're there to, to be contrivances to the plot. And if you're fans of those characters, 
you leave his stories feeling like you feel dirty, like you you felt wronged by what he did to your favorite characters. And much like Mayday was wronged by Spider Verse, Ben Riley really took it in the end in the story. I mean, like that that that's the answer. But if you're a Spider, if you're a Ben Riley fan, you just got fucked, kid. Like, and and Ben Riley is it will never like going forward. I have no interest in reading his stories because this unlikable douchebag, this this like super villain that we got in this story is not Ben Riley, and and no four issue hand wave is going to convince me that I should follow him or like his or like his stories <laughs> because they're going to you know, of course they're going to try to hand wave this as quickly as possible I'm I'm sure, but we'll get to that when we get to that and God damn, Zach if you make us cover that series on this on this podcast I'm not doing it period, um, but anyway let me get. <laughs> Uh, uh, you are covering the series because it's it's a, it's a Ben Riley series. We got to cover it. Zach, you can go f- yourself. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> going to read a good page of that. I'm serious. Um, I, I'll give a couple of positive things. Believe me. Okay. Right. Okay. C- caveat: If we say, "Hey, this is actually good," will you consider it? <laughs> well, why don't you wait until something the issues go by before like you meet into it? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I, we were. I was going to wait till the first arc to, to cover it on the show. Kind of like how we did this. So. Okay, but anyway, I'm going to actually give a couple of positive things. Um, yeah, I liked uh, I like Jim Chung's artwork in this. Yeah, yes, he is. Yes, yes. He's been a good artist for a very long time since like oh god, what what was he in like when he did that Maverick series in the '90s? Young Avengers. Yeah, like he's always been, that I've not that I've not read. Yeah, he's always been a good artist, although he's horribly wasted doing this nonsense. But yeah. The, <laughs> And this is so bloated with characters that you can almost not tell what's happening at times. But he tries his best. But he tries. He gives it like a superstar performance in this, and I think he needs to be commended for that. Uh, I'll also want to give a shout out to the guy that did the Clone Conspiracy Omega issue. At first, I thought it was actually Jim Chung doing it. Yeah, me that- too. I was like, wait, who was this artist? Corey T. Smith, I gotta give that guy props because his style looks very similar to. And it's still Jim good. Trump. It's not. A yeah, knockoff. it's not. It's not a bad thing. He did a very good job. I wouldn't mind seeing him do more work. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, even Stuart, that. even Stuart Immerman's art, who is very hot and cold with me, on the last three pages, four pages, was actually good. There was Jim. consistent. Yeah. Is uh, is he going to be the new artist on Amazing? He is, is that doing, why he yes. did the? Uh... Yes, he's he's going right. to do um, the Osborne identity story. Okay, I, I figured that's why they had gotten an artist of his caliber to do that last couple yes. of minutes because otherwise that was a waste. But okay, yeah, guess... that, that's to set up the next story. Okay, mm-hmm. and I have a, a well, I mentioned the Burke and Hare thing, which I actually thought was clever. <laughs> yeah, even yeah. though that's a reference that'll go over almost everyone's head. And uh, I gotta say, I actually kind of like the uh, the uh, Francine the Electro character. Mainly because she reminded me of Aftershock, who, who, for those who don't know, is an MC2 character from uh, Spider-Girl's time. She's, uh, Aftershock is Electro's daughter, and they did, they did a really nice, uh, father-daughter story at one point in Spider-Girl, dealing with the fact that she grew up without her dad, because he was in jail. 81, uh, I think. Yes, and then the two of them eventually coming together at the end to help her control her powers and stuff. Yeah, because they, like, their, their electric, um, powers like count or like they were were hurting each other. They couldn't physically touch each other until finally right. got sync. It was very very well done by Defalco yeah. and friends and Busema. 
Yep, one of my favorite Spider-Girl uh, one-off stories. Really, really well done. And you had that yeah. great scene where uh, where uh, Spider-Man walks into the Avengers mansion, and they all come together like, wow, Spider-Man is here. And that's, that's one of the first times that Spider-Girl realizes like what a huge influence her dad was on other people. Yeah. But you see, this may, see, I'm talking about much better stories. I shouldn't be doing that. But anyway. <laughs> um, friends, and before that, the art, the night I died was beautiful to look at, at least. Yeah. I should have mentioned that when I mentioned Jim Chung. I, just in general, I think uh, I think Giuseppe Comunculli did a, really, did a lot of really good work. Yeah. He's gotten a lot better since he uh, started his, his artwork has been consistently the star of this volume because he took over as the main artist with this volume, uh, volume four. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, but he, uh, I will say this, he does not do talking head scenes well. No, 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 no. But that, that's, a, that's a general weakness, I think, of a lot of artists, where yeah. if you're not drawing on action, sometimes you can get, you can get bored. <laughs> and I can imagine with, an artist, with a writer as poor as Slot, if you're constantly <laughs> having to, to, to draw scenes of people to spit in horrible dialogue at each other, I, I, I wouldn't put a lot of effort. The sad but... thing is, is the dialogue in the ASM issues are better, but that's because it's not Slot's dialogue, it's Kirstos Gage trying to do Slot. Yeah. By the way, Christos Gage, that poor bastard, how often does he get stuck having to do every single thing? I remember when I was on Crawlspace and we reviewed his stuff, we always like, gave his stuff like pretty solid reviews, but when Slot did something, there was always like something that we didn't like. And that, that goes the same, I'll talk about it later, that goes the same for this story here. Like, this goes all the way back to, uh, oh god, what, what book was it, that Avengers book that... Uh, Oh, it was like Avengers Academy. Yes, uh, I think so. Yeah, that that slot did, and then but it was mostly Gage doing the. Oh my god! Like this poor guy, he needs to get. We need to crowbar him away from slot as quickly as possible. He's wasting yeah, he, time. Yeah, he's he needs he needs to get his own series. Yeah. Uh, any, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm taking way too long. I have a million notes here, so let me try to run through most of these quick as quick as I can. Um, okay. Uh, of course, I got to hit the. I kind of hit the big one already, but uh, the. Ben turning heel is just atrocious, and like 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 Josh, I was sitting back waiting for the moment when he would turn back around again, but it never happened. And just when you couple that with how just downbeat and morbid this whole fucking story was, it just makes it just leaves you feeling sick afterwards. You know what I mean? Where it's just like. Uh, they they tried to go for and and this really pissed me off. At the end, they tried to go for that upbeat, happy ending at the end of issue five. Did you catch that? Yeah. Yes. We're all out of the pods, and they're like, "Guess what, guys? Everything's gonna be all right." And I just I I gave my my screen the finger. I'm like, "Fuck you! You can't turn it around on the last page and then try to have a happy ending." Well, the the, the thing was. Better they piss that away in the Omega because they reveal half those people are just going to drop dead in a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they didn't even they didn't yeah. even commit to their own false happy ending, which is just the worst writing. <laughs> I mean, that's weapons grade levels of writing right there. Terrible. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. One other positive. I did kind of like the Rhino subplot in the Omega issue, but it was small feel- team. This is a story that needed something positive in it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take that. Um, although, this, although I mentioned this in Zach's recap, uh, what the fuck was going on with uh, Rhino's wife dying in his arms and they're playing it for laughs? That was that terrible. That was insulting. Uh, how, how did that scene play again? Like, I don't um, like, 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 I can't different, there were two different scenes. One was when, uh, when Spider-Man was taking Gwen to go to uh, the lab when they, you know, to, so they can get to the ending. And he's swinging by. He's like, I need someone to help me. And he looks down at Rhino, who's you know, 
Oh, yeah. He goes, I'll stay away from that one. And then you have another one uh, at the ending where we're right back. Good night, everybody. Yeah, after uh, after they found the, the the Anubis helmet broken and all that shit, when they look over and they say, and he does the same thing again, where he's like, I'm going to stay away from Rhino right now. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, you know. Yeah, how, I- Peter doesn't talk like that. For no, God's sake. As somebody who's literally watched three members of my family wither away and die. Dan Slott, that's not f***ing funny, okay? I'm serious. Like, that, that is f***ing insulting, garbage-level bullshit writing. I, and, no, I'm, you know what, I'm going to stop what I was going to say there, because that was going to get ugly. Um, a lot of action, but you can barely tell what's happening, because there's just too many characters, yeah. none of whom are in character half the time. Yeah. The Gwen Stacy in this is is the, the f***ing uh, Spider-Man blue Gwen Stacy that never existed. This is a, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's gonna write like, like Stanley Gwen Stacy anymore because like she's a worthless character. <laughs> when th- that that scene that Josh actually liked, where Gwen is like, "I'm gonna stand up to these guys." I'm sitting there. Remember that time she cried because uh, she thought Peter snuffed her dad. <laughs> like yeah, that Gwen Stacy is not gonna stand up to supervillains. Like you know what I mean? Like no. remember the Gwen Stacy that like would always run crying out of a room if like a you know somebody trip kicked a rabbit or something like. This, come on, give me a break. That doesn't... Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, but do you expect them to write that version? No, but this is this isn't a problem specific to this story. But like. Every time Gwen Stacy appears in anything from now until the end of time, it's going to be that overly romanticized, I, I grew up reading in the 70s, and I, I really wish I had a girlfriend like Gwen, even though, why would you? <laughs> why would yeah, exactly. yeah, The girlfriend exactly you it. want is Mary Jane in the 70s. <laughs> well, and even then, you probably... The girlfriend I wanted was Black Cat. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I had to leave Tumblr after posting a quote from Jerry Conway where you basically said that exact... Where he pointed out that... uh. Gwen's, the reason, one of the reasons why Gwen was easy to kill off was because she was an ultimately superfluous character, given that basically there was a better version of Spider-Man's girlfriend in the book already, and it was Mary Jane. Uh, he said that at Comic-Con, yeah. That's what exactly. <laughs> and he's right, <laughs> but, that, but that's besides the point. Um, uh, hold on, let me see. What else do I got in these notes? I got a couple of minor things that are just BS, but I got to throw them out there just for the yucks. Um, did you catch in the Omega that Gwen's just walking around without her mask on and no one seems to notice or care? That was weird. Yeah. Like, there's, there's dozens of people walking around. Like, the, uh-huh. the, the thing with Spider-Gwen is that, like, she looks so much... She honestly looks better without the mask. But So, like, so many artists in, like, commissions and stuff jar without the mask that I think that the actual penciler just forgets that she has a mask half the time. Yeah. Even though it's bad. Um, I already made the joke about Jonah's audience size, the fact that they're somehow able to infect the entire world with the carrion virus. This guy's Bill O'Reilly. This guy guy gets the higher ratings than, like, the last three Super Bowls combined or something. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I already mentioned I was bloated with character. Oh, yeah. um, (laughs) This this board isn't a plot hole territory. So the Jackal has an uncovered mouth with his mask. How the hell did Peter Parker not recognize his own voice? Uh, it's because he he had <laughs> the mask had two settings: James Earl Jones and Miles Warren. But it didn't cover his mouth. I know. That's a very good point. That's, that, that, that's you, the that's, in, that, that's the in story reason. But that doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> and on top of that, he thought it was Miles Warren. So you're telling me Ben can throw his voice to sound like Miles Warren? That there's there was some piece no, of equipment no, no. In, in the mask. Oh, oh, I got it. Was he doing a ventriloquist thing where his lips were moving and one of the the Miles Warren clones was standing ah. behind? 
I'm saying the words. No, no, what it was is he Perfect. bought one of those old Power Rangers masks from the 90s and would change your voice a little bit. And... <laughs> oh, no! Hey! Hey, I'm moving time! Thanks, Jason. You, you know when uh, you know when Josh was recapping that uh, that Peter David story, he mentioned Rita. I totally thought he was going to go for the Power Rangers joke, but he didn't. I'm surprised. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, uh, la- uh, last point that I guess I got to make here, um, which is just like an overall wrap it up kind of thing. This is just the Dan Slottiest story, isn't it? <laughs> We're like, oh yeah, yeah. People dying, you better believe millions it of people dying, continuity porn, which is inaccurate and and violates continuity. Characters talking, behaving like they've never done before. Uh, status quo that just makes you want to vomit. Like th- this is all, it has all the check marks of like horrible Dan Slot. Right? And there's a reason why we all hate this guy. Okay, I won't speak for everybody else. There's a reason I hate this guy. <laughs> and and a lot of people just think like, ah, what do you have against? Him? What I have against him is that he's horrible at his job, and he gets to keep his job. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. If I was like a fucking like you know. If I worked in like a lab or some shit, and I was constantly ruining all of my experiments, I would get fired after a year. This guy's been writing Spider-Man for almost a decade at this point. How is he still this bad at it? I don't I, understand. I think that's the the book doesn't even sell that well. His master plan to taint the character so badly that nobody else wants to write him. So ultimate job security. <laughs> you know what? You joke about that, but would you want to write this book after he leaves? Because I. Yes, <laughs> I'll save it. But they won't—they won't let you. Just, oh well, okay. Caveat: if they let you just undo everything, then sure. Like if you just get to—if you get the JMS deal, where you get to come in and just pretend all the previous shit didn't happen, then yeah. I don't care who I have to sleep with. I'll do it. I'll do whatever I can to save this character. <laughs> uh-huh. You make that joke, but somebody has to save poor Spider-Man because. <laughs> I've been reading this book for years, and every time Zach forces me to read one of these stupid main story, like current stories, I'm reminded of why I quit. You know what I mean? Like, if, if I know that, that I often say that this book is terrible, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, but I really have to stress here that this has been close to ten years now, where it for most of that it's just been a polluted wasteland where you, where you can't even read this garbage anymore without feeling sick and awful and wondering what the hell happened to the characters you grew up loving. Mm-hmm. We're, nine, we're, we're, officially nine, we're officially nine months away from it being 10 years. I, I, since, since we're, one more I pity the poor fucker who picks up that Ben Riley Scarlet Spider book and thinks that they're getting the Ben Riley that they grew up reading. Holy can you imagine somebody who didn't read Clone Conspiracy picking that book up? And then they see this this genocidal maniac as the villain protect oh I can't imagine. But anyway, I've rambled far longer than I probably should have. I think it kinda goes without saying this is getting an F. This may be maybe the because uh, we're all giving this an F, I assume. I, this the more interesting question is, is this the worst story we've covered on this podcast? Yeah, it, it's close. It may be. I, it's certainly let me, up there. Let me, let me, let me talk oh, before we well, let's table that to the end. I suppose that's a big question to throw out there. Yeah. So, Don, right. Don, it is all yours. You're going to be the next to last. All right, I'm gonna. Here's okay. I I have a lot to say. Uh, it's kind of a more of a, a broad point, but like this story sucks, and 
halfway th- the first halfway through, I was you know I, I don't I don't like Dan Slott's writing, um, but I, I was like okay I don't I don't I didn't consistently hate him from start to finish. Like there were I, I think overall I enjoyed Superior Spider Man. I don't like saying that he is a bad writer because there's there's issues that I've come away with saying that was well written and I enjoyed it. So to me it is it, it it's hard for me to verbalize. Like, like you know, I'll, overall he's a bad writer because I feel that like to be a bad writer you just like have have to have like zero out of zero uh, batting average. But the thing is, he is possibly the laziest writer I've ever seen in my life, and that's really what make what makes him awful because he he, he does this where like he I, I I guess he's just so in love with the Stanley run that he just doesn't give a shit about like anything else because he constantly brings in these characters from like the 90s or whatever and references see I know these characters too I, I, you bet, I bet you forgot about these characters but I didn't but he just craps all over them for the needs of his story and I understand from a writing standpoint you can't love everything or even have read everything and I get that you know you're not supposed to just be wed to the reader's whims when you're writing your own story but I don't get the conviction from this story that I I, I did legitimately sense from um, Superior Spider-Man with Superior Spider-Man I legitimately got the sense that he he thought it was a neat idea and really wanted to explore it. And whether he liked it or not, I honestly feel that he tried his best to make that an iconic Spider-Man story. This one, this one just comes off as that there's so much contempt for Ben Riley as a mm. character, just by as by consequence of how he's in the story. Whether Dan Slott dislikes him or not, I just feel I just feel dissed reading this book. And I don't I don't know what I did to deserve this because it's like. I got into Spider-Man reading Ben Riley. You know, no matter what Marvel, like the, like the fat heads at Marvel like to think about, Ben Riley himself is a beloved character. You know, and you know why I know this because during Spider-Verse, they all but like drove, like illustrated Ben Riley pornography into those miniseries. Because if you remember that miniseries with him and Spider Girl, and I forget the third character, he was like deified, and they, they, I thought that he got a really nice tribute in the story. Yeah. Of course, Dan Slott didn't write that. So what the fuck is up with this story where it's like – here's my thing. It's not even that he's it, – part of it is he's a bad guy, but it's so lazily explained. Mm-hmm. And I just felt – I felt sick to my stomach reading that issue where he like died over and over again. Like, why are you doing this? I'm like, there's no way I can read this and not feel that like it's just a writer showing how much they don't like a mm-hmm. character. Because Ben's convictions aren't – you don't buy that he really cares about what he's doing in the story. You don't get to say, no, no, Peter, please. I really, really, really want you to be on my side. I think this is the right thing to do. Because he's joking half the time. There's no emotional no. scenes. There's no sense like, you know, I mean, because I, I maintain that, like, with this story idea, Spider-Man should have collapsed and started sobbing at the at the image of all of his dead people just surrounding him. This is not supposed to be a fun, light, heart, happy story. This is a very, very... Like, as Gerard said with his own personal, uh, you know, his personal experiences, this is a very serious thing, resurrecting dead characters. And I'm not saying this should have been, like, the darkest story ever, but if you're going to do this, you, you got to nut up and go, you know, grab the bull by the yeah. horns. And it was just Slot's cl- trademark classic, last of the day school attitude that just feels insulting if you're a Spider-Man reader who's read the better sh- you, You're right. It, it undermines the drama uh-huh. if no one reacts to it. Yeah, I mean... I mean and the, and it's just like the dialogue is just so handy. It's like it's like you know, you know, uh, I'm going to stop you once and for all. It's, it's like if here's a basic thing. And again, I'm not a professional comic book writer, but here's my you know, amateur opinion. If Peter got into Ben's face and said in very small text over a large word balloon, "I am going to stop you right now," that would at least put forth the the airs of like. You know, this being serious. Mm. But it's just explanation point after explanation point. It's Anna Maria Mar- Marconi making a f- 
fucking smart smart ass one liner every time she appears. It's Doctor Octopus acting like he like, like he was written in the fifties and not the sixties, <laughs> and like it's just like all of a sudden Bits Bits like okay kill him. It's like there's no there's he's not writing this for the reader to get invested, and because there's such a lack of care and lack of interest and in, like making the story itself good, it makes Ben's character even worse. So by the end, end, of, that, end of that um ASM issue, he's like, my name is Ben Wright. It doesn't matter who I've been. And then you see all the images of like Lorenzo Lamas and blonde-haired Ben and Spider-Man's got a spider. And it's just like, no, 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 no. You don't get to pretend mm-hmm. that you give a or even read these stories. You don't get to do that. And I'm not saying this from a butthurt Ben Wright fanboy. I'm saying this as a person who wants to be a writer. You do not get to do that on on the on a craft level. Because, and again, I'm a kid, I'm a, I, I'm, I, because Andrew Kate's like, my, like virtually my favorite character. I've seen this before where people don't care about the character or the character's fan base to miswrite them. So I've, I've seen this done before, but like this is specifically, this is particularly bad because it's Dan Slott who puts on this, uh, this, this like veneer of being like the ultimate Spider-Man fanboy. I know everything. I reference everything. I love Spider-Man so much. So when he does this where he clearly doesn't care about some things, it gives across the idea that you shouldn't care that much either. And when you do, that really sucks. Um, surprise F. Yeah, you're right. It was complete, completely unearned that that bit with the, all the other bends and reminding you of all that stuff. Yeah, I, and it's just and again, like I, I've I, I've not been reading ASM because it sucks, but like I, I had I had to read this because I, I this is what got me in the, in the comic books and like to see like the, to evoke the story that got you into Spider Man being drawn through the mud just by not just by outright bad writing but straight up like asleep at the wheel writing. It's like. And, and, he, and by the way, you know, I, I've gotten Twitter recently. I see Dan Slott on Twitter. He's hardly been big in the story. He doesn't talk about, oh, this is so exciting or oh, this is so great. He has been complaining about Trump the entire time. And as, as, as much as I can sympathize with that, it's like it, I feel that he doesn't even care about it. You know, he'd rather be writing like Doctor Who Silver Surfer. So it's like, what is the Not point? Where will you get off this title? The solicits or anything to go by. Yeah, I mean, he, he still got he still got this Parker Industries, follow Parker Industries, Norman Osborn. There's still a few, there's still a few subplots. We all thought that the subplot with Doc Ock was going to get resolved, that this story was his way of bringing back. I'm tired of Doc Ock by now. I'm sick. I'm sick, I'm sick of his like his like you know old school. Ad- I mean, it was cute for like three years ago, but like seriously, like, like why is Doctor Octopus like constantly yeah, like the, I, the, the I, Deuteronicus I, of the story? And by the way, kick off Mar- Anna Maria too. She's, she's, been, she's been hey, annoying. Hey, Spider-Man back! Yay! Uh, yeah, but it's Doctor Octopus is my favorite Spider-Man villain. If I never see him again, I'll be happy. He should have stayed dead in the nineties. Yeah. Honestly, he should, have, he should have stayed dead after the, after the end of uh, Superior because it wasn't a bad showing for him. But now it's like, why is he a why is he a villain again? He was supposed to be a hero before then. Why? Why is why? Why is he evil? Because because he like he died on his, his through his own fault and like came back and like and, and blamed Spider Man and talks like he did in like nineteen sixty seven. I mean, I mean, this no, just doesn't a, make any a sense. Classic maxim in writing, which is that status quo is God. And that's basically what it comes down to. Every character will always circle around back to their most popular status quo. I mean, but, but if that's such a truism, you would have thought that, like, Marvel would have tried to buck the chain a little bit. I mean, I know that they're begging on nostalgia. I mean, that's the, Marvel, all of Marvel's begging on nostalgia. But, I mean, it, it again, and, I, and I'm, I'm repeating myself to, to have the listeners understand, it really shows a contempt for the audience when you don't try hard enough to make, to make this convincing. I mean, this is, this is, this is cynically written. I mean, it's, it's not like it's a bad idea or it's not just because they're, disrespecting or they made ben evil if they made ben evil and sold it i wouldn't have cared 
but they made Ben evil like 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 without even like like looking at what the, it was like they they turned their head when they were typing in the in the computer and weren't even seeing what they were typing. Uh, can I make a comparison here that might illustrate your point? Um, it's the difference between uh, the comics version of Civil War and the movie version of Civil War, insofar as Iron Man's character. Where yeah. in the comics, he was poorly motivated, and it just made him seem evil that he was pushing these fascist ideas on people. Whereas in the movie, they gave him a legitimate reason to be acting the way that he was, and they ramped down the level of fascism. So at the very least, whether you agreed with him or not, you could actually commiserate and understand Iron Man's point of view. Yeah, and you couldn't do that in the comics. And I felt I, at the beginning of this story, or not the beginning, it's sort of the middle where he pulls the helmet off, and it's 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 Ben Riley under the, the jackal mask. A better writer could have pulled off an, a version where his motivation was was legitimate, and he had a reason to act the way he did that we could understand, and the story would have hinged completely if they had done that correctly. Yeah, we're like. You take somebody like a Peter David or a DiMatteis or, you know, they did this brilliantly in the 90s and stuff, where you, or if you had a character that could delve, or a writer that could delve more into the psychological aspects and, and actually have us understand what he was doing, the story could have worked. Yeah, because because there's three problems with this. First of all, insanity as as an explanation for someone's character is bad in lazy storytelling. Surprise. Two, Ben Riley, I'm sorry, but like, he would never just like Uncle Ben. Like that's just, that's just insane. And even if he did, wouldn't we have to see him get to that point? It's like because like, the, the, the presumption is that like you know he always wanted to do this. I don't remember Ben. I don't remember Ben mentioning him besides like like you know him changing his costume and coming back to New York all that often. I mean, because no. I, I, yeah, okay. he mentioned Aunt May ten times more often. Yeah, and, and it's just like you know enough trying to pull the hardships with the whole Uncle Ben thing. I mean, he's. Uh, I, I don't want to speak too much about, you know, like dealing with, you know, like, like, uh, family members who are no longer with us. But honestly, with, with like a serial storytelling, they've been through so much that like, it's hard to really bring that out for the reader to have them feel that way again. Because Peter, he's literally been through 50 years of storytelling. And sure that, that, that hurt may still be there, but it's like for, for ideally, for, for like a better, you know, for all sorts of purposes, a version of Peter Parker to still want to bring him back after all he's been through. It just, it, you can't just tell me that and expect me to buy it. And by the way, I don't know if you guys ever read the, the, the letters pages, but Nick Lowe, who's the editor, when they when they revealed Ben Riley in, in like Clone Saga Conspiracy Three, he's like, "Yes, I've always been a Ben Riley fan. He's my favorite character, and I love that he's brought back." I I gotta see what he thinks about this because he's he, he he's got to be like on some serious drugs if he thinks that this is a respectable return for the character. And by the way, can we get into the redundancy of the whole bring back Uncle Ben idea? Because they brought Uncle Ben back at the end of Spider Verse. Yeah, they did it there. <laughs> they forgot all about that. Um, yeah. and that, that whole that whole subplot dude was just. All right, so we've gotten F's across the board. Uh huh. You're, you're the last one, Zach. Well, actually, to be well, hold on. We actually haven't officially had Don say what he's given. Oh no, no, I, I, I snuck it in there. It's enough. Oh okay. <laughs> just right, sure. And now. Zach, right. you're Ben Riley's biggest fan. Take it away. All, All right, so I'm going to be completely fair. And I'm going to be completely consistent. The first four or so issues, I actually was giving high grades. I, I, uh, four issues overall or of Clone Conspiracy? Of Clone, like, like, the, like issues oh. one and two of Clone Conspiracy and the two issues of ASM. Okay. I liked those four, those four issues. I gave the first issue an A. Um, first, I mean, I, yeah, I really did. I, I was legitimately, I, I was coming in 
trying to not to come in with any bias against Dan Slott. I was like, all right, I'm going to let him let him do it. And the first couple of issues, it felt like that the, the plot was driving the story, not the not the story driving the plot. Or excuse me, the characters driving the story, the plot, not the plot driving the characters. And about issue three of Clone Conspiracy is where that all ended. So, Zach, I gotta I gotta hand it to you, man. You have much more optimism than I give you credit for if you hung in that long still believing in this story. Um, but there was there's some obvious like the Kane stuff. Honestly, the most underused character in this entire story was Kane. Because the first issue that they bring him in, yeah, you're okay, right. They, yeah, yeah, it's they, all, that's a good point. They 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 give you the stakes, right? And then you get all the exposition. And I thought that the Kane book, which was twenty twenty one, ASM twenty one was great in explaining one, Kane acknowledging the New Warriors, two. Kane's on Loom World, but they structured it in some in such a way that it doesn't contradict what happened in Web Warriors. So good job on good big ups on them. Um, three taking that subplot from Spider Verse of him punching his way out, that was well done. The Kane stuff I felt was well done. The Kane stuff in Omega I thought was well done, where he sits there and calls Peter out and be like, "This is why I didn't tell you what was going on because you have a blind spot for Ben Riley." And I'm going to go after Ben Riley. Knowing that Kane's going to be in the Ben Riley book actually gives gives me some hope that the, that that there's going to be an interesting dynamic because essentially you have a role reversal where Kane's the hero, Ben's the villain. Kane is hunting Ben. It's kind of an inverse of what we saw like with with Lost Years. So I, I'm kind of interested to see how that dynamic's going to work. So it did a good job. Omega did setting that up. I thought the Rhino subplot. I don't. I don't see it. Like because here's the thing. Th- that only seems like a setup because you know what's happening. I didn't feel at all like that was being set up by this by the Omega issue. And, and, and additionally, it's still false that like like when the, the premise that they said about the start of Spider Book is like you know Ben must wrestle between his past as Spider Man and the Jackal. I mean that's still a false narrative. He shouldn't be at that point because like like like. like it's not as though he. I don't get the sense that he even cares to do the right thing uh, going into that book. So, like, no. why should why should why should we read this guy? Right, right. No, I th- I think the I think the ASM issue that they did with Ben was poor was very very poor. Um, I I, I don't even mind the retcon that the jackal return. You know, the jackal. We didn't mention yeah, that the, for some reason the real Miles Warren is alive again. I, who the, who cares? Stop doing that, Dan. He's yeah. one of my three times. <laughs> Nobody, yeah. nobody likes the jackal. None of us like the jackal. I, nope. I don't mind. I actually like the jackal, but <sighs> nobody likes the jackal, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I like the jackal, but but yeah, he no, had a decent I, Marvel Legend figure. Um, no, I, 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 think, I think I think it's crap. I I, I really do. Uh, I don't think that Dan Slott gives a shit about these characters. And it clearly shows through this story. The other thing that really, really annoyed me twice, uh, Anubis Jackal, a.k.a. Ben Riley, a.k.a. Ben 27, he diffuses the situation by giving Peter Parker a tour. He did it in issue two. He does it in issue four. The, heel, the sudden heel turn with Ben in issue four is so painful. 
Yeah, you, you, you don't even see it coming. Yeah, yeah. The, the, well, it's one of those things where he it's like he got three quarters of the way through issue four, realized, oh, shit, we solicited this as a five issue miniseries. So I got to start wrapping this up very quickly. Oh, my and God. He, he Howard Mackey did. He, he told <laughs> Yeah, I mentioned this. He totally pulled a Howard Mackey on this entire story. Be- they had to add the Omega issue just to get the a proper ending because the ending was so bad. I had somebody on my personal Twitter page giving me such crap because I was talking down about this story, especially after the the fourth issue came out where when when Bill, Ben does the heel turn, and then like he sits there and he's sending me like uh, messages on Twitter. He's like, "Oh, he got like the the Mark Bagley covered issue five of Clone Conspiracy." And he's like, "Man, this cover is beautiful. Can't wait to see what's inside." The very next tweet is at me is like, "Holy shit." That's bullshit. This is the worst story ever. This is the worst story since OMD. And I'm like, yeah, this is the worst story since one more day. (laughs) I can't argue with that guy. Oh my God, it is. It was funny because, you know, the the tweets that he sent me, you know, a week before, two weeks before was you were so negative, Zach. I can't believe Crawlspace. I'm a longtime listener and Crawlspace has turned into a a show about negativity. And I said, true. What I what I said was is I said I gave the first three parts. I even gave the I even gave the Ben Riley reveal issue issue three a B. But the character assassination of Ben Riley, starting with ASM twenty two, really, really pissed me off because it did it, it it answered questions, but then it created more questions. They never answer truly answer they never truly show you how this is different the big reveal like like the first three parts like the big reveal is like oh oh wow oh wow that's great like when they sit there and bring hobie brown up they're like 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 you see this blinding light in the background and i guess the way it was written is to indicate that oh here's all these d-list villains nobody demanded the return of mirage yeah, I, I saw on Twitter. I, saw, I don't remember, but I saw on Twitter like you know, oh, thank you, Dan Slott, for bringing back all these villains and opening the door for these characters. Like, like uh, uh, as we saw, all these villains because all of Spider-Man's actual villains we care about are still alive. Nobody cares about Mirage. Nobody, nobody cares about Kangaroo. Nobody, nobody really cares about the Enforcers. So, like, whatever. I demand the return of Cell Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Okay, um, I didn't even know Kangaroo was dead. When did that? Happen? Oh, way back. That was like really? in the in the uh, Jerry Conway run, where he, he like blew to like he, yeah. blew, he was like d- disintegrated. That, that was like way back in the seventies. That's why. That's why they brought. Uh, There's a second Kangaroo though. That's why they created. Oh, okay, yeah, I was confusing him with the second kangaroo who was in the Legion of Losers in the 90s. And, and that's yeah, also yeah, a yeah. super thing, like, 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 why did he bring these villains back? To be, to be, uh, to be cannon fodder. They needed some guys to fight in issue four or whatever it was, and they, instead of just having faceless goons or mooks for the, for the, for Anubis, they just had his mooks. Because this, 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 it's, it's, it's honestly like, um, it's kind of like the problem with Suicide Squad. You have all these characters, so the implication is like, oh wow, all of these characters that, that we, uh, you know, that they think we, we like, we'll see all these personalities play off. But they're just like, they, like you said, like they're faceless goons. They're just henchmen to just show up with costumes. They, the problem is, is that he comes up with these highbrow plots, and like Gerard said, he swings for the fences, and he hits essentially a single. Yeah. The plot itself is interesting. But the fact is, is you you added all these BS subplot crap. You could have written an interesting story with Ben Riley, Kane, 
Anna Maria, Otto, even. But you could have even completely eliminated Otto from this equation. Um, you could have eliminated a lot of characters. But you, but, but yeah. I say, you could have also made this a good story. Like, if you had the essential beast, like, like, yeah. like Ben wants to clone people and he's evil, that's a, that's a, that's a bullshit premise, but you could have at least made that compelling in some ways. Well, it's, uh, I won't agree with you that it's a completely bullshit premise. If this story had been written by, like, J.M.D. Mateus, he could have done something with it. There would be, there would be a, a well, yeah, J.M.D. Mateus would have sat there and gotten into the psychology of Ben. Ben's psychology in this story is that, oh, he's been driven insane because he got killed so many times. The thing is, is by the time we see Ben, you see the blatant continuity errors that were that can be oh, oh hand waved away. I mean, I got really nitpicky when I talked about this on, on since we mentioned the, the show Crawl Space. I was I went through that entire splash page and said, okay, this is wrong, this is wrong, kind of like what Josh did. And I get what they were trying to do; they were trying to give people callbacks, but that doesn't make any sense. The fact that the Jackal '90s Jackal was a quote unquote yeah. costume is bullshit. That, that's a continuity. We saw a. That's a blatant yeah. continuity error. And it's, it, it's like that, that, that shouldn't matter. I mean, like, continuity errors, whatever, that happens all the time in comics. But this, this is a story that kind of, right. like, actively relies on continuity. So it being correct. It's also, yeah. it's also written by a guy that essentially brags about how, how good he is at this stuff, about continuity and invoking it in exactly. stories, which makes it look even worse. Yeah. Yeah, you can't, you, you can't, if you're going to do continuity, do it right. Because people like Josh, people like us, we're gonna call you out on it, and then you're gonna look. And then you're then you're gonna come at us, and be like, "Well, you're you're the stupid." Well, yeah. No. Well, 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 again, to make a comparison, Howard Mackey constantly fucked up the continuity of his stories, but his stories rarely relied on continuity to any significant extent. Like he would just screw up like backstory things and and where where this character was last seen and stuff like that. But it almost never mattered. Right. Whereas, whereas this story is, is entirely continuity because it's bringing back characters who were dead and explaining all that stuff, and every every step of the way is, is screwed up. And, and, and th- there's a whole like you know critique thing because obviously it's very easy to critique Spider-Man. Sometimes you know like like with that, with abandon where you know it doesn't you know it's not that bad, but I mean I feel that like tonight we've really explained like you know why this doesn't work. And I, I feel like honestly with this story, if you're just like blindly enjoying it, either you've not read Ben Riley, so you're inclined not to care. Or you're just gonna like anything, because I mean, on on its own, even without the Ben Riley love going on, there's serious problems with this with the story. Yeah, um, you can like things that even have significant flaws, as long as they're not like completely crippling, destroying on a story level flaws. Like I get a lot of crap because I love Indiana Jones and the King of the Crystal Skull, but there's a lot of things really? in that movie. <laughs> yes, I can I can defend that movie because I like it. Which, by the way, I don't hate everything. People. Well, so I, I, I have no dog example. in race, so I don't mind. But, but the point is, like, if you can try, I don't think that you can try to defend this story in a way that would make sense to me because it fails on on that. Like, it fails in a fundamental level. Yes, like it, the building foundation is cracked. Don't put extra floors on it. Repair the foundation first. It's just, it's just yeah, cynically written to, to like defend. Like, like, what's what's there to defend about? It, yeah. And I feel like that, that Peter David gets dealt a bad hand. In oh, he got dealt a worse hand in history. Yeah. This poor bastard got a two, a three, and a nine. What's he doing with that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I feel bad for I feel bad for him because well, I feel like. Okay, but to be fair, he did take the job willingly. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I think he could potentially take it in good directions, but I I don't think so. And that's where that's where 
I have a lot of pause. It, um, I'm glad you brought that up because we've hardly discussed that that backup story, and I think we need to just throw out there just a few words about it. Yeah. Do you think that did a good job setting up what the next volume no. would be? I think no, I think no, it no, continued no. Ben's characterization, but I will say at the very, 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 very least, on a technical dialogue level, it was written better. That's not me saying that I enjoyed it, but like. I mean, maybe Mark Bagley's artwork, but like it felt like it, it didn't feel like like Sly was trying to write a cartoon. It felt like it felt like a, a modern comic book. That's all I can say about it. Right. Yeah. Although although um I got to counter you on one thing that I, that was kind of somewhat weak artwork by Bagley by his standards. I thought it was fine. I didn't I didn't think anything was wrong with it. I mean I mean obviously that's you know Michael Jordan shooting nineteen for forty in a game. Like it, where it's he's still going to score fifty points, but it's like uh, it took a lot of shots to get to that fifty. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 done, Bagley can do could do better work, but it's still a high, a high standard because it's Bagley. I've never disliked Mark Bagley drawing Spider Man. That's my that's my kryptonite. Eh, there were times during a, uh, Ultimate where he was clearly rushing a little there too were, much. There were. And yet, <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, let's not even talk about his work at DC. That's probably the worst work of his career. Trinity Brown. I, yeah, I, I feel like that it didn't do a great job setting things up. But I feel like we have. Well, I mean, I mean, let, 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 let's let's be true. It, it, setting things up like how, if you don't care about Ben Riley, how did it not set up things up well? Exactly. No, but, but that's an honest question. I mean, like, 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 what? But it is wrong on, on a fundamental level in that part. I, 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 I can see what you're saying. Like, as far as a bridge between clone conspiracy and his new series, it didn't fumble anything. It's just a version of Ben Riley. Sure, yeah, watch. yeah, and I'm willing to admit that. But, but it did, but it did set up exactly what we were expecting by the time we got to the end of clone conspiracy. I, I guess the point it was is just that, salt uh, is what it was. Yeah, like, I. I are we, is he going to be a villain protagonist? Like, I don't know that. And, but based and, on and, that, and that if he is, I, I gotta go to the next con and say, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Like, is he gonna be an outright villain? Is are we supposed to root for him? I feel that like he's gonna be like an yeah, anti-hero, I, I, but like I, he I, was I, more like Lily White than Kane was, and you guys made Kane like more heroic than he was in the nineties. Yeah. But, but but even then, you don't get the idea that he's supposed to be an anti-hero from that backup story. What yeah. you got was he's a son of a bitch. He's a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Villain protagonists can be entertaining. They can be fun. Not Ben Riley. Yeah, and also. We're just making an assumption because they never gave us any of that. It will literally be like making like 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 Dean Venture a bad guy and acting like it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or turning Reed Richards into a villain. Oh wait, they did that, didn't they? Those sons of bitches. Well, uh, was that Ultimate or, or like did they turn Six One Six into a villain? Uh, Ultimate. Is, isn't it? Isn't it both now? Because didn't they kind of go? Because they took the Fantastic Four off the table in the six. No, no, no. Reed, Reed is Reed and Sue and the Future Foundation are like off playing God, but uh, Reed, <laughs> they're they're off uh, taking it to Fox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, Ultimate Reed is actually is actually a villain. All right, right. Well, not anymore. He's dead, just like everybody no, else. No, no. He he was one of the few things that survived the Ultimate Universe. Yes, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. He is. Why? <laughs> Seriously, why? Because of some reasons. Yeah, because reasons. God, I hate when I see Reed Richards is like Don was arguing with Ben Riley earlier. 
I love I love the Fantastic Four and seeing the way they're just pissing on them gets me angry. But that's not this podcast. So we got okay. We got to do something here. We're like the loudest Ben Roddy Conesaga fans, quote unquote. We got to get somebody on the horn. Somebody at Marvel and says we just want to know why. You know, we we don't we can try not to yell at them. We can try not to like you know call them stuff. We just want to know what's the point. What's the value in in turning a, a character into a villain that people love as a good guy? What's the value in that? Get people talking. Yeah, but but that's yeah. but 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 uh, as an ongoing though, I mean like, like well, I think, well, well, okay, it, the idea is to get people talking. But I need to point out, simply bringing Ben Riley back for a series would have been enough to get people talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, granted, there's a lot of villains that become heroes o- over time. I don't mind the idea of a fallen hero becoming a villain, but this is just so done so horribly. Just there was no logic to it. There was just, I mean. It was, it was a big pileup to quote our friend Kevin Cushion, ass. <laughs> Prison ass, even. Bringing out an old classic. Here's a quote for you, and wrestling reference number like 57 for this podcast. What did Eric Bischoff once say? Controversy creates cash. Yes. yes. There you go. In fact, that was the name of his book. Yes. Um, I, I, no, it, it literally is one of those things that I I started being optimistic, and then it just – all my optimism cratered the moment. And you can literally say it. The face heel turn <laughs> before that was just so abrupt and it's like, oh, I've got to wrap this story up, literally. Yeah, I'm snapping my fingers. <laughs> that is why this story fails. On a fundamental level, and that's why you can't get me to be as enthusiastic as I normally would be about a Ben Riley Scarlet Spider series. I saw you on Twitter thanking Dan Soft for bringing him back. I saw that, but that was after the third issue, not after the story was done. No, no, Ooh. that was the third issue. Yeah, no, I, I was on Twitter, and I said, thank you, Dan Slott, for bringing my favorite character back. But if, if only you knew. If I had known. That we were going to get this. No, they were going to be betrayed. <laughs> I, this is yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's the old chestnut betrayal. This is what this story is. It's a betrayal, and unfortunately, it's as so good as the it, it, as, <laughs> as good as the first two months of story were. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'll never agree with that. I apologize. As good as the as those first two months were, as good as the artwork was throughout, it can't save the poor storytelling. It collapses on its own weight. There's too much... The the, the second half erases whatever good the first half had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It just just completely tears down the story. And as a result, I have to give this half. Ding, 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 clean sweep! (laughs) Everyone gave it an F. We haven't had this clean of a sweep since Maximum College. And the rest goes to... Which is a spiritual successor. This story is a spiritual successor to Maximum Clonage. This is Dan Slott's version of Maximum Clonage. Oh, Zach, segue. Because now we get back to the question I posed earlier. Yes. <laughs> is, this the wor- is this the worst story we've covered on this podcast? I know that's a big question, and it's hard to... I, I, I don't I, I'm specifically that. talking about... It can't be like a... 223? Spec 223? I was going to say, I'm sure there are single issues that are worse. I was just going to say that. But in the grand scheme of, like, maybe anything that was two or three parts or more. 
Um, we'll have to limit it to that. Really, I mean, the the candidates are smoke and mirrors and players and pawns, which I always. <laughs> I, I, I like smoke and mirrors, dude. But <laughs> that, that was before I was on the show. Then you've got maximum clonage. Mm-hmm. You got the Scarlet Spider months. So virtual mortality. Yeah, Scarlet Spider months were bad. They were really <laughs> bad. Oh boy, that's a close one. Yeah. Oh, uh, we gotta throw Spider Verse in there. You got Spider Verse. I, 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 I like the tie-ins to Spider Verse. I, I, I know, I know what they did to, to me was awful. But personally, I thought the side, like, like the Ben Riley miniseries was good. Yeah, yeah, the Scarlet well, Spider. But, but we also didn't cover that on the show. See that? Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Big Al wants to cover that. If if anybody else wants to cover that, we can do that too. But and the final candidate really is. Um, one more day. Unfortunately. Well, no. for one more day. This is just for this we, podcast. Just for this podcast, I have to say, there is the one shot that we that we episode thirty three Donovan's rage. Uh, ah, wasn't that bad? One. <laughs> 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 well, well, I definitely. Well, well, again, we can't. The unlimiteds are all what like awful, awful, awful. But they are so just one issue each. But I feel that those were written with better intentions than this was. Yeah. was. Yeah, I know. Here's what I'm trying to say. I don't, and this is my first time really reading through it, so I don't, so maybe this is coming off knee jerk because it's so fresh in my mind, but it was written with more contempt and more cynicism than any of those other stories that you've mentioned. Yeah, I agree. You I see, agree. that's, passion. Greg hit on my argument. I'm going to say Clone Conspiracy is the worst thing we've covered on the show because, for, for, I'm going to give three reasons. Uh, one is sustained damage. Like, th- this was months and months and months of Spider-Man solely, right? Like, how, yeah. how long did this event last? Six? Started in October and ended... Like, three months, I think. Well, maybe four months. No, okay. it, started, it started in October and ended in... Well, really, and officially ended well, in February. Today, which is March 1st, when we're recording this. Ash so. Wednesday. <laughs> yep. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Whose name I feel like I've taken in vain like 50 times today. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, mostly at me. Uh, no, I, I, I just feel like to, to wrap this, to kind of give the, to wrap this thing up. I don't. I, I had three reasons actually. Said so oh. one. <laughs> I'm gonna say sustained damage. I think the Clone Saga had good intentions, like Greg said. And uh, and number three is setting up going forward. I have absolutely no interest in the Ben Riley series anymore, nor do I have any interest in ever coming back to Spider-Man after reading this. So it fails to even set up future status quo that could be interesting to read. Yeah, it it just it fails on a fundamental level, and unfortunately, that's why we we universally gave this an F. And so, um, guys, let's let's do some final thoughts. <laughs> can we, can, oh my god, do we really need to? This is um, a, this is an F for all the reasons we said, and I, 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 I it, yeah, I, you don't know what we think about now. Yeah, I can't stress enough. Anyone that's listening to this, if you haven't read the story, don't uh, save your money. Don't ever, and I and I would dare say, uh, and I know this is going a little far. Um, if you need you need to vote with your wallet and just stop reading anything Dan Slot writes if you want him to leave this book, because yeah. we've got we, it, it's gotten to the point where we need him to go in the worst kind of way. Yeah, it, this is this has reached Mackie levels of of writer Mackie's exhaustion. Was never this bad. Don't even like even. No, no, no. But, but, but like, I, I, I kind of feel like at this point, I think Slot's tired. I, one, I, yeah, his his whole like you know I can write this book forever. I, I, it's clearly like like I don't. I don't see that. No, it's hyperbole. Yeah. It's hyperbole. 
and and uh, you know, oh, I've got notebooks, notebooks full. Well, at a certain point, you have to put those note those notebooks or your fan fiction from when you were twelve away, and move on. I th- to me, I, I Spider Man in a in the worst way needs a clean break, just like he needed a clean break with the with the Garfield films because studio is getting way too involved. And the MCU breathed new life into Spider Man. Dan Slott needs needs to needs to get off the book, and and there's no two ways about it. Unfortunately, I don't know. This is I don't know. This is um. I'm sorry, but um. I don't know. This is necessarily Slott's fault, but like Spider Man is not like like the Marvel icon character that he was before Slott anymore. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of the Avengers movies and all that kind of stuff, but like even like during the JMS era, I feel that Spider Man was more of like Marvel's main character than he turned out to now. I feel, and I think that Slott's story is kind of overtaken by. Sorry? He's been overtaken by Iron Man at this point. But if you, if, but if you like slot stories aren't like Spider-Man stories, they're just like this, they're like cartoons. And not just like in the way he draws them, but like, not, I mean, I, I'm not one who wants to read Stanley Spider-Man all the time, but these really aren't Spider-Man stories. These are like toy, stories with like, you know, your toys all no. on the ground. No. You know, I, I on Facebook, I was talking to Ron Friends, and uh, he had a picture of... of I, I think it was Peter, or it was J.M.D. Mateus and, and, and Tom DeFalco, and I said, you know, Tom DeFalco and Roger Stern got or the spiritual successors truly to, to Stan Lee in terms of yeah. Spider. Dan Slott's not. I say Jerry guy. Conway was the first. As much one, as people but, yeah. want to sit there, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, and, and Jerry, I would throw Jerry Conway into that in that yeah. mix, and also. But, to- and also to bring up again another one of our podcasts, Spectacular Radio. That entire show was a love letter to Stanley, and that show gives more respect to the character and the legacy than anything that Dan Slott has turned out. Well, that's also, while also still maintaining a, a, a modern flair to it, it isn't yeah, right. completely written as if Stanley wrote it. Right? Yeah. No, that's the thing. No, I, I don't. It, I don't want to spend a, too much time like just like filleting the old guys because I want to. I, I believe that I can be good again. I, I do believe that, but that's but. It's got to be sooner rather than later, for God's sake. We need we need to make Spider Man great again. Oh, don't go. Uh, I'm, I, 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 I'm going to bring some. And is that what Dan Slott is doing right now? I'm that's gonna... not. That's not. He's doing the exact. He's the Donald Trump right now of, of Spider Man. Oh dear. Uh, don't stop it. That, that, that's the biggest insult you could give him right now. Because if you watch, if you look at his Twitter feed, it's nothing about Spider Man. It's all about how he is just. Just about to slit his wrist when it comes to. Trump. That's also Chris Evans' Twitter feed too. Right now. I, I'm I, I'm gonna bring in some some chemistry, some engineering into this podcast. You ready? Okay. Um, in uh, in materials engineering, there's a concept that's the difference between elastic deformation and plastic deformation. Now to explain it really quickly, elastic deformation is trying to imagine you're taking like a metal bar or something, right? And you're, and, or any kind of material, let's not say metal, you take a bar of some kind and you're bending it, right? Elastic deformation is if you let go of it, it'll return back to its original shape, right? Plastic deformation is if you bend it, and at some point it, it hits a, a, a point where it can no longer get back to its original shape, where it has been permanently damaged. And when you let go of it, it'll kind of go back, but not entirely. Do you feel like Spider-Man's kind of at that point where well, maybe maybe two or three years that. ago 
they they crossed the 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 modulus of elasticity, and now Spider Man can never go back to to being as, where he was. Do you think that uh, on on, uh, on Crawl Space they've talked about a, a complete reboot? Is the only thing that's going to save the character? I don't I, I don't Peter, believe that. Peter wakes up. He gets out. Mary Jane is in the shower. <laughs> Stan did that in the comic strip. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say Stan? I meant uh, Roy Thomas, whoever the actual writer is. Yeah, I know that was a reference. That was a purposeful. That was a. <laughs> that was on purpose. But yeah, like <laughs> I say, I, I, you know, we we don't we, we don't we didn't want to come into this not recommending the story. We wanted to come in saying, "Hey, well done," but unfortunately, the story on the page did not suit that particular recommendation. So unfortunately, we all. Do not recommend that you pick this up. If you want to, pick it up at your own risk. Um, if you want to, you better write it and explain you want why. To, uh, if you like this story, okay, if you like this story, no, no, no. If you like this story, leave us an email. Tell Let's us talk, why. Tell, tell us why. No, I, we will read it on the show. Leave us an email. Uh, CloneStarChronicles at gmail.com. I would love to get as much emails about why you like this story as possible. Please, I would, please I would, do it. I need to see this. I would even devote an the email address would be like from like brightbar.com to... or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Joe at ravencroftinstitute.net, uh, <laughs> or if you want to leave us a voicemail, it's eight one eight nine two five six six three one. That's eight one eight nine clone one. If you want to be a part of the program. Um, and if you like us, you can like us on Facebook at Spidey Dude Radio Network, or you can like us on Twitter, which is at S Dude Podcast. So, on behalf of all of the gang here at Spidey Dash Dude, we wish you uh, a good night and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll see you it. next time here on SpideyDashDude.com when we're going to be covering, I think Spidey meets Daredevil. <laughs> Simpler times. Oh, you mean, you mean uh, yeah, you mean like Spider-Man uh, seventy-three and seventy-four and uh, that those. Okay. Something, in other words, something good. No, oh, excuse me, oh, excuse me. We're actually going to be covering Buzzed, which is uh, yes, sensational, uh, sensational uh, nine and ten, and uh, ASM. Uh, yeah, sensational nine and ten, and I think uh, uh, unlimited fourteen was the, was the yeah. And listeners also, yeah, also listen to Mayday Mondays and Spectacular Radio. We're getting into season two now. On Spectacular, mm-hmm. Radio. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll resume Mayday Mondays at a future date. So, uh, stay tuned. Be sure to be sure to like us on Facebook and Twitter. That's where we uh, usually post our updates. If not, just go to the front page where you can go three times a week for brand new content only on Spidey-Dude.com. But wait, there's more. Okay, so originally when we were doing this recording, we had Josh on, and Josh had to step out for a little bit, and by the time he got back a hold of with us, uh, we were already done recording the episode. So here is a few minutes with me and Josh uh, kind of wrapping up his thoughts on the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider series, as well as his final thoughts on this story. But wait, there's more! Okay, so uh, as I will introduce this next little section at just a few extra minutes because we lost Josh for a little bit uh, during the recording of the episode, I thought I'd bring it back. So without further ado, here is me. All right, so uh, during the episode, we had 
we lost Josh for a little bit. He had uh, he had some issues to attend to during the recording of the episode, but I wanted to get his thoughts before we finished the episode completely about is this the worst story we've covered on this podcast? So Josh, is it the worst story? Um, and I thought about this in the amount of time uh, since you posed this question to me. And it depends on what your criteria is. Like, you know, is it the worst Spider-Man story that we've covered? No. But is it the worst Ben Riley story that we've covered? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, I agree because that. Um, I feel like, it, again, it depends on where your heart lies. If your heart lies with Ben Riley, then yes, Ben Riley um, – committing mass genocide after being <laughs> killed 27 times. Um, that's a really bad thing. But if you're judging, you know, what a bad story is from a Peter Parker standpoint, um, I stand by what I said on the show uh, many, many years ago when we covered trial of Peter Parker, that finding out that Peter Parker was an imposter for like, you know, since the 1970s <laughs> for, you know, about 20 years or whatever, however long it was yeah. finding out that, then having him throw his pregnant wife across a room and then joining forces with the jackal, which everybody leaves that part out. <laughs> the fact that he, yeah. everybody le- like, Oh, Ben Riley's evil. He's the jackal. He's coming in Genesis. It's like, yeah, but Peter joined forces with the jackal, like yeah. back in the nineties. And it wasn't like, Oh, he thought the jackal's not so bad after all. Like mm. he knew the guy was evil. So yeah, from that, from that standpoint, I think that that's the worst story because – And I think you it know, would have worked a little better even if they called back to that story. Said, you know, Peter joined the – I even got Peter to join me one time. You know, and, and Ben could have called him out on it. But – Yeah, it's like, oh, Peter's mind was clouded. He was going through a bunch of shit. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, again, the execution of the story is – since it's so continuity independent, you're like, you've got to. There's, there's more that has to be done. This right. Which I think is why it fails on so many levels. Because, like, on Crawl Space, mm-hmm. I even said, like, I liked the first two months of the story. You know? Um, one of the issues we really didn't cover was the Doc Ock issue, because really it was basically Doc. What's been happening with Doc Ock since, you know, whatever. Uh, so it really wasn't relevant to the rest of the story. But I enjoyed that issue because it's slot writing Doc Ock, which is not necessarily a bad thing. So, yeah. But anyway, that is that is our episode. Next time, we're going to be covering uh, Josh's all-time favorite issue, which is Unlimited 14, because it's got his all-time <laughs> favorite character in it, in terms of Betty Brandt. Uh, we'll also be covering a sensational 9 and 10. We'll be wrapping up both those titles before Revelations, leaving us with literally one episode left until we uh, of the 90s stuff until we get to, to, the, to Revelations. So we're very, very close towards the end of the 90s phone saga. Uh, if you want to leave us a voice note, it's 818-925-6631. The email address is clonesagchronicles at gmail.com. Remember, if you like this story please send us an email we'll debate it on the show uh, and of course you can find us on Facebook and Twitter so Facebook is at Spidey Dude Podcasts or Spidey Dude Radio Network excuse me and the uh, Twitter fit, Twitter page is at S Dude Podcast thanks again for uh, jumping on here uh, Josh yeah yeah this is fun yeah alright man so we'll uh, see y'all next time
And naturally, things don't work out the way you think they're going to work out. So this is the actual uh, tag for next episode. Actually, we're going to be covering Onslaught. Uh, originally, this was going to be episode 63. Uh, Onslaught was going to come out first, but because I lost the edited episode, well, I have to re-edit it. So as a result of that, you get Onslaught next episode. And the following episode will be what we just mentioned. So we'll see you next time when we cover Onslaught here on Clone Saga Chronicles, the podcast powered by Spidey Action.